Right, we are rolling. Excellent. Dinar. 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 That's my new welcome. <laughs> is it? Yeah, is I'm trying Cornish? to use. Yeah, it's Cornish. I'm trying to use Cornish words. I like after, it. After our one with Kano King. Does it um, just mean hello? It means welcome. Welcome. Yeah, right. Dinar. Dinar. But yeah. yeah, so obviously I'm Pang. Uh, I'm Jam. We've got a guest again we this do. evening. Yay, I'm Danny. It's Mr. Danny North. <laughs> Mr. Danny North. Yes. And f- for those who don't know, you live in Falmouth, I guess? I, I do. Think? I do live in Falmouth. I've got, you could tell from my very strong accent yes. that I'm not from here. No. Um, a little bit further north. And as you said in the last episode of podcast, everything's north from here. Right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a keen listener then. <laughs> I had to do my research. Yeah, <laughs> got to do a bit. Fair play, fair play. That's yeah. probably a bit more than what I've done with you. I've j- Jam's just told me you take pictures and I've had a little look at your Instagram. And, and, you, and you're like, God, we're lowering the quality of... No, no, not at all. After not, Sam. Not judging by the quality of your pictures, mate. I feel like I'm... Got a proper expert on it here with us. We definitely so. have, and and we met because you asked me to come on the radio show. Yeah, because uh, I'm a big fan of your work. That's right. very kind. Uh, yeah, yeah, big time. I don't think you can call it work, but no, my no, hobby. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you invited me on your radio show, which is the Danny North show on the Source FM. Yeah, ran out of titles when we came up with that. Yeah, yeah. It's on every Wednesday, isn't it? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. You've already, I've already corrected <laughs> yeah. you to once before. <laughs> Tuesday is 9.30, Source FM, which is Falmouth-based community radio station. You can listen online if you're out in the far reaches of the world like Bodmin. Yeah. Or um, you can even as an app. It's an app. We're, we're professional and everything. The online. Wow. Yeah. And you can listen again so they could find the episode you were on. Right. Oh. Which, is, which is still my favourite episode so far. Really? Yeah. So how, how long have you been doing it then? Uh, a couple of months now. Oh, right. So not not you're quite fresh into it with the whole. Yeah, thing, right? yeah. I mean, back in the day when I were, I never went to university, but I convinced everybody at Leeds University I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so I had a, I had the Leeds University student radio show for three years. Right. And I never was a student. Student. That's magic. <laughs> that, that is awesome. That is. That's when p- I was selling knickers and sex toys with my mum and dad. So I just snuck in back door, as you do with sex toys. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't gloss over what you just said. Yeah, right. <laughs> we need to go deeper. Yeah. <laughs> oh Much <my>. deeper. <laughs> yeah, man. That's uh, magic. What a great... That's a, that's cool. I want to know more about how you got... How you wangled your way into doing that. Just well, you just turn up, don't you? Yeah. You just up. turn up and, like, if, if you're in that building, most people think you're a student. Yeah. Arguably, unless you're in a, like, three-piece suit, then they just think you're a Tory, which is no good for anybody, <laughs> is it? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But uh, that's all I did. Just went up. I was like, can I have a radio show, please? And they're like, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, do you want 4 a.m. on a Sunday? Oh. <laughs> so I said, yeah. But yeah. I gradually worked me worked me way up to um, prime time. Wow. Uh, I, it just used to be metal. Because I used to DJ at this um, extreme metal club called Raw Nerve. Right. And um, so I sort of linked it in with that. Magic. Yeah, Fair, so we yeah. played like all sorts of metal actually, not just extreme, but you know, system of a down. Yeah, all the genres: black, grind, death. <laughs> the yeah. heaviest, the, the heaviest <laughs> ones. Yeah, and I know you're a big Slipknot fan, so. Oh yeah, fucking hell! One of my yeah. favorite bands of all time, mm. right, without a doubt. We we, we played uh, People Equal Shit the other day. Yeah, we did. Yeah, about nine thirty. Straight PM. after a disco song about <laughs> love, it was beautiful. <laughs> but like John Peel's like my hero. I was growing mm. up. That's the first. T- that's how I. F- I don't know. Are you, are you old enough to know who John Peel is? Yeah, I do. I don't know. I'm not no, too hot I on names tell. like that. 
I tell the sexy Put, smile line yeah. behind that. Complete lie. I'm older. I'm probably older. I might be older now. <laughs> might be old enough. John Peel, he's the guy that has the stage at Glastonbury named after him. Ah, the big okay. tent. Yeah. yeah, right, right. But he, he basically was quite a renegade because he would just play. In fact, his whole his whole ethos was, if anyone else played it, he would stop playing it. So like you could you could argue that snobbery, but for him it was like well he doesn't need to because they're playing it now. Yeah. So he just concentrated on bands that nobody really cared about. And if you go on Spotify, somebody's compiled this amazing playlist of um, artists that have released the John Peel sessions um, on like. I don't know, like special editions or whatever. And you'll find quite often big names, you know, in there from like PG Harvey or Motorhead or whatever, but when they were relatively unknown. So right. songs you might not even be that familiar with. And um, I remember, I think he, had, he used to have a show like on a Friday afternoon or something like that when I was really young. And I remember maybe coming from school and hearing Napalm Death for the first time. I'm thinking whoever whoever played this was a legend. Yeah. So I mean that's not why I got into wanting to do radio. I just love music. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, actually this time round, it was because I opened a pizza uh, pizza restaurant during lockdown, mm -hmm. and um, in Penryn, and um, called Pizza Please, still up and running, <coughs> doing very well. Good. Um, and I just used to program all the music for that, and then. I also did all social media, so I was always, uh, I was maybe three, four times a week, I'd do a stupid video of me talking about pizza or whatever shit, and um, the guy who runs Source FM came in one day, and I call, I figured out that was him, so I just asked him for a show, and he was like, oh yeah, your yeah, social media is awesome, so yeah, come in. It seemed like the right, yeah, it seemed like the right fit. Yeah, and actually then along the way, I, did, I was doing it on my own for a bit, but then, I, then Kia was a guest. And Kia is the manager of the Chins, which is where we are now. Yeah. Big up the Chins for letting yeah, us what place. Yeah, we've got a nice little secret just room here. It's quick, magic. Yeah, just quickly sort of describe where we are, Pang, right now. Oh, uh, well, we're in this little... Oh, it's hard to explain. I'll tell you what, the decoration in here is kind of wild. It's, it's cool. <laughs> like, I, I don't know the right words. There's a knight's helmet in the corner. Yeah. And there's and like there's a like mask. A, like a jester mask on, on the door. The door. Yeah. And it's quite cool that there's a door with a little... What's that, like a dragon door knocker? It's a knocker, isn't it? Yeah. And, on, and it's a secret room because on the other side of the door is a bookcase. It's a bookcase, And you yeah. can look, if you look in between the books, you get to look through that mask that's on oh, the door. And wow. the room's golden, it's got fairy lights, big yeah. mirror. It's quite sexy, it actually. Cool. It's cool. And it's got a rug that you can release from this, oh, like, shape. The release the rug. Release the rug. <laughs> and then you can release some Sounds rug in there if you want to. Bring back the rugs. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's just for soundproofing. What a spot yeah. this is. It is, isn't it? Yeah, very, very fun. nice of them. And, and Keir's the manager here. Um, and a long-term friend from just hanging out around here, to be honest with you. She's a legend. She came on my show, and I was like, oh, my God, can you please stay? So now we yeah. do it together. Yeah. And that's no, who you met. I met her. She came out of... Uh, Tonight on a pink bike, sort of like an oh, ET bike. You would have loved how I arrived tonight. How so did you arrive? We also, by pure coincidence, Kia just moved onto my road. So I was walking down here, and she and I and I, I looked across road, and she were on that pink lowrider bike. And so she put me on back seat and pedaled <laughs> no me. Down. Way. No way! Yeah, That's yeah. Sick. I was hoping you'd be waiting outside so you could see. Oh my god! Wow. That's very Falmouth. That, that is yeah. the most Falmouth arrival, isn't it? It is. That's that's what you. That was your first experience before at radio show, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. <laughs> no, she is a beauty, though, isn't she? Mm. Is she here tonight? Um, no, she's not. She's gone. She's taking a mate out for a drink. Oh, fair, fair play. play. Although, actually, what what I did like was she goes. Yeah, I'm taking Jack out for a drink. As last night, she goes. Well, actually, 
Alex, who's her husband, he's just giving me money. So Alex is taking his <laughs> pay for us two to go out for a drink. Technique. <laughs> Great technique. So, so tell us just quickly about what the show is, and then you can tell me what you guys did on Jam's piece on the show. Well, I mean, we talked. We actually went over. Well, the show, right, okay, so the show is very eclectic music. Uh, I, you know, you don't get to my age and don't, hopefully, have a you know, broad taste in music. Yeah. Um, and it really is. I like everything from, you know, disco to death metal. And that's literally actually what we just described, right? Yeah. We um, played Sizzling Hot by Paradise straight into um, People Equal Shit by Slipknot. It's that sort of thing. Although, at the moment, I was looking at, I was, I was consciously trying to find guitar bands I was into this week because I've started to swing more towards electronic music. And I think that's because I really want a DJ career. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> after, after you invited yeah. me yeah. to play at basketball, which I think has been rebuked, by the way. Well, I don't know if it could fit you in, but I'm still going to ask. Well, fucking hell. I've lost a stone last in month. last two months. What are you on about? <laughs> have half an hour on the channel meme set. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying, but I, I didn't have anything There's to do with There's got to be oh, someday okay. on that. On that um, I mean, you're, it's your fucking area, of course, you've got to say. I've only got. You're the king of memes. Wow. Well, true. You Maybe could, I you're am. gonna have a van and everything. Maybe just set you up and. Mate, there's gotta just be somebody. Sneak him in. We got. We can. We there's can gotta be somebody on there who's shitter than me. Yeah, <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might actually get people dancing. I've got a feeling you're set. You're gonna clear them out. Well, you know what I'm gonna do, don't you? I've been um, threatening about it. Lemp biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, which which I love. So. But yeah. that mass ball. But I don't know. It's gonna be scary, isn't it? Because you gotta think the most are gonna be students and farmers, aren't they? So we you said so. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> my set actually clashes clashes with Wilkinson. Oh, does it? Purposely, yeah. Um, yeah. Because the mass ball. <laughs> Purposely. Yeah, I, think <laughs> I, think, I think. I think. I think there's a slight. All the that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I just so, didn't want any pressure. I mean, I I can't compete with Wilkinson <laughs> yeah. with drum and bass, can I? That's my theory. True. I can't out drum and bass the drum and bass guy. You can't. No. But I can play Limp Biscuit and Corn and Slipknot and Drowning Pool. Which, do, do you, you know, mind if there's only like 10 people in there? Not really. You no, don't mind at all? Not really. You're not, no. you're not even sweating about that? No. I don't, I don't think th- it will be, though. I think it'll be busy. I think there'll still be a few people that go there. Because, I mean, what is it? Like, four, was it three, 4,000 people going mass ball? Six. Six. So 6,000 people. And Wilkinson's and tent, the tent he's in, not his actual tent, I, um, <laughs> can hold about 2,000 people, I think. Right. So there's 4,000 with nothing to do. Yeah. So the, the bands don't play in the infrastructure that's at Flambards. They've got mm. extra things there. We yeah, got there's bits, a lot, yeah, there's so all sorts going on. The ride. Oh, I thought Wilkinson had been like soft player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just crawling music. around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a wild one. <clears throat> I think the rides are open, aren't they? Like most of the night. Really? I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Which is lasting chaos, need, isn't man. It? it is. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful puke everywhere. Think uh, about the small buggers have to clean up next day. Oh, God, yeah. I can't Hell up, imagine. Man. One night of debauchery, innit? Extreme debauchery. Yeah, it'd be it, fun though, wouldn't it? I've, yeah, well, I'm sure it will. I've never been. I've been too scared. Yeah, I'm, I'm also, it. I think, unless I am like, you know, um, on Bill, I'm too old. Well, because then I, be, I might people might think I'm a pedo. <laughs> so I even have to fit right in because <laughs> I'm your mate for yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, mass ball, you can wear a mask. No one knows who you are. Oh, that's true. You know, that's true. what I'm going to do. But I like the yeah. fame. You like the fame? Yeah, you're scared. You're scared of it. You're scared you're of scared it. Of the it's fame. a little bit. Yeah. I just don't want it. No, you, you don't. You don't want your um, windows cracking, do you? No, I, don't, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> don't. My tires letting down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
My head I, I don't see probably. why you're so scared of that because, like, it's Cornish positive memes in Cornwall. Well, some of them aren't considered positive. Oh, I guess that's the they thing. They all are, though, aren't they? Let's oh. be. I mean, give me a neg- give me an example of one that might be seen as negative. For example, that uh, Foy Town bus one. Uh, so someone Just put a sticker. Okay, 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 okay. That's yeah. a posi- That's a Cornish positive meme. Without a doubt, of course he fucking is. Yeah. I've got, I've got like my my daughter saw that sticker. I've got I, the same guy from Wales sent me a bunch, and um and it's on my wall in kitchen mm. as well as a million other places. And my, my nine year old daughter was like, "I like that sticker. It's a good sticker. It yeah. is because we were four days from being made homeless because of the causing our Cornish yeah. housing crisis. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's nine year old and she felt that threat, and it's a positive thing. And actually, any any bastard who says it isn't. Mm. You know, then they've got vested interest in more than one house. Where yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's the thing. You know, it, I think I think you're right. I think all everything that Jam puts out is is positive. It, it's got a positive section to it, but there are parts because at the end of the day, a lot of the jokes end up with someone being on the end on the wrong end of it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, there, well, there's going to be people that are, isn't it? yeah. Well, that's it. I agree. Totally agree. I think I've I think got to be in general near the line. I think with a lot of things, but the line's in a different place for most people. And I think with housing, there's always going to be someone that is either a property developer or someone that has multiple homes. I don't have any sympathy for any of them. I don't. No, I don't no, none whatsoever. No, That's, they've got the basic human need that most people are dying for. Yeah. yeah. And they have multiples of them. Like, no, yeah, I'm it's, not. It's, uh, it's obscenity. Yeah, it it's is. pure Thatcherism. That's all it is. So yeah. um, fuck them and all that sailing them. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened on what happened on the, the sh- on your show it, with Jam? There's not what that much to tell them, really. Oh, okay. no, just but you can music. find it if anyone wants to yeah, go listen we'll to it. Yeah, just some music. We had a lot of chit chat. Um, yeah, we, we shared a biscuit that Kia brought in. Nice. We have Biscuits. a we have a segment where Kia brings in something for us to eat. Yeah. yeah. We have to review it. <laughs> <laughs> Finger on the pulse. Yeah, yeah. And it were shitty Oreos, yeah. ca- caramel like Oreos, yeah. solid caramel Oreos. Decent. Were they good? Awful. Yeah. Well, they were awful. Split you opinion. liked them. Yeah. I like. I like salted caramel. It was like tasting perfume. I like salted oh. caramel. My palate. But I don't know Oreos, so I'm not huge on. All, all them rattlers. All those rattlers. Yeah. All this Atlantic. I'm currently drinking. Yeah. I've gone off beer. Oh yeah. I yeah. did notice you're drinking red wine there. Uh, sophisticated. What? Yeah. What is it? Is it a Merlot? It's a Primitivo. Well, all right. I fucking what? A Primitivo. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I haven't. It's Italian. Is it? Yeah. I mean, treats. Do you want to try it? Looks heavy. No, no, it's all right. You carry on, but I will try it one day. <laughs> it's all right. Don't make you less of a man. No, no, no. I love red wine, man. Go on, then. I'll have a sip. Pang is a red, I love red, red wine guy. I, I, I sent you a message earlier. I said I was having a Malibu and Coke. Oh, actually. Um, oh, actually. That's good. Yeah, You're mixing good. it up, then. I love Malibu and Coke. And I've been like, people have challenged me and said that it's not a very masculine drink. And my argument, actually, is that it's the most masculine drink you could ever have. You've got to have, like, massive balls to order a Malibu and Coke. At the bar, bar. yeah, yeah. Which I, is why yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's why I had one at home. I know you could see. Are you telling me? I've got me? a fucking coconut. I drink it out of as well. I'm not <laughs> yeah. even shitting your Straw. I'll send you a picture. That's class. <laughs> Little umbrella. Yeah. Are you saying it's like a pink T-shirt of drinks? It's like wearing no, a pink actually, T-shirt? No, no pink T-shirts are complicated, aren't they? Because I, I once wore a pink T-shirt to Download Festival. Now, that... That's what would qualify. Okay. That would qualify. Yeah. But pink's sort of like, I don't know, I find it quite a posh colour. Mm. Mm. Almost like a wedding attire. It is, sort of yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so I actually stay away from pink most of the time. 
I did wear one to download, literally just to be a prick. Yeah. That's, Fair that's play. A, yeah, thank you. Thank Diamond you in the rough. Yeah, always. It's a story of my life. Pink in the black. Might be the first chapter. Might even be a title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got to call it something better than that. Considering we're circling around it a little bit, and it's something that I did not realise about you when you invited me on your radio show. Oh, I... You're a great photographer. Oh, that's very kind. And of you're yeah. you're not you just you're, you're great, but you're accomplished, and you've you've taken photos of big names. Yeah, a few, a few big <laughs> a names. Few. Yeah, you really have, and I had no idea of that when I came on the show. And, I, and even now, like speaking to you, you wouldn't know that. But you've you've worked with some massive names. Just yeah. tell, how did you? even get into those situations where you're taking photos of the killers for example um well well so i guess like everything you know just like radio show that i do i'm not really doing it for any reason whatsoever i'm doing it because i fucking love it yeah and um if, if anyone was listening last night the, the kia interviewed me because our guest dropped out last minute and um she and my my we have a section called What's Slapping In, which which chooses a song from your past and from the present. Sort of like a Poundland Desert Island disc, right? So I chose an I Made song. And the reason being is when when I was twelve years old, my dad introduced me to I Made, which is quite an epic story in itself. But in doing so, it revolutionized my life because it was the first thing I fell in love with as a as a as a human being. Like, you know, up to, I don't know, like I I'm watching for my kid doing the same and I and I I don't see what it is quite yet, you know, and, I've, and I'm waiting to like jump on it and fucking yeah. pour some money into it, yeah, and, like yeah. embrace that passion. And for me, it was heavy metal. And all my life, from twelve onwards, I was just played in band after band after band, and it was just something I really loved. And then when I got into my mid twenties, had a lot of I, I had a lot of problems growing up with my bones. I had like a bone disease, and I had twenty five operations, quite messy. Yeah. And a lot of that took the wind out of my cells in being a professional musician because uh, I was in pain quite a lot. So I then started to diversify and I was looking for other angles of what I could do because I was in pain all the time. Literally went to bed in pain and woke up in pain. There, was, there wasn't any respite. So I, I, you could either sit and wallow in that, which yeah. I don't blame you if, if that's you know what you do at all because it's fucking awful. But I actually was really angry, so I just channeled all my energy into doing shit. Yeah. So I used to stage manage at a nightclub. I used to do front of house for a working men's club band in Yorkshire, which is one of the roughest jobs you could ever have. I literally have to punch fucking kids from pouring beer on my fucking console. Um, I've I've played, you know, at that time I was in a working men's club band myself playing bass. I I was in three bands. And I started managing a band, and I was promoting gigs at a couple of venues in Leeds. Literally every minute that I had, I was involved in music. Somewhere along the lines, um, my, my one of my exes um, bought me a tiny, shitty little key ring that had a digital camera on it. It was like the dawn of digital technology. Yeah. And I just started photographing with it. And because it was a dawn, you know, like I'm 47, so when this would have been when I was probably like 25, and digital technology was so fucking new. And I was used to the old way you took film, you, you got it developed, you yeah. weird, you got your things. But then to have it directly accessed from your camera to your computer was revolutionary. And, you know, like as a creative, you know, even when I was a musician, I fucking hated practicing. Like I hated it. I love playing gigs. I love like jamming with people, but I hate practicing. So like this instant access to creativity, what digital photography did really clicked with me. So I just had, with this shitty little camera, I made an, a, a demo cover for the, one of the bands I was in. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. And then I just got another camera. And then 
during all this, as my development of that as something I enjoyed, um, this nightclub where I was stage managing, um, I'd, I'd heard about this zine in Sheffield doing really good things for the local scene down there. Like every month without fail, cover stories, like proper, like, you know, black and white photocopy thing, but an actual proper like contents and, and uh, people who, who contributed to it. And it was really exciting. So I got in touch with them and said, look, I heard you guys might be expanding into a Leeds edition. Like, why don't I organize a night where you will launch it, you know? Yeah. And I did that just so I could meet them and say, right, let me take some pictures for you. Right, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I did that, got in with them. They made me picture editor in about a month later. And then this was with no motive at all. I just wanted to be closest to music as I possibly could. So I was out three, four nights a week photographing bands, doing portraits for the features. And I did that um, for about three years. And um, during that time, I had a, my, my, my left knee completely replaced. It's cobalt crabs. I'm metal as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and around that, it was kind of happened all at the same time, which is really nice, I guess. But like around that time, because I just dedicated myself to this process of just being a photographer and really enjoying it. I never really called. Actually, I didn't call myself a, a photographer at all. I didn't even consider that. I was just enjoying myself. And I got a call from the enemy, and they were like. Um, you know, would you like to come shoot for us? Because we've heard that you are the go-to photographer in the north of England, which sort of blew my mind because I was working in the warehouse at this stage with my mum and dad and my auntie, as I mentioned, selling sex toys and lingerie. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, like, it, it was revolutionary because I come from a shit fucking town with no hope and, and no, you know, like, I don't know anyone else who got the fuck out of there. It's just bleak and it's horrible. So to, to have this sort of, like, bolt of lightning come into my life it was it was insane of course i said yeah and that you know it was something shitty like uh, a purchase type size photograph stamp size photograph um of a, a band i think called the whip who were like a manchester band at the time just a shitty little live review not much but it was like an opportunity right you know and um it was actually quite a complex time because my dad was in hospital with leukemia and he eventually died um, so, like, I was trying to quit my day job. So when, when my dad got leukemia, I left the, that, obviously, that business to, sh you know, pretty much shut down, yeah. closed down. But I, I, I got a job at the music uh, college just doing an admin thing. And I was trying to leave that because I thought, man, I could make this photography thing work. And then my dad literally died the week that the enemy printed my name in the magazine properly for the first time. Oh, my word. Um, which is, yeah, it's fucked up. You know, I never really got to see anything that followed, which is a real shame because what followed was fucking insane. Yeah. You know what? But I, I th you know, as I as I, you know, already mentioned, like what I tend to do with pain and shit in my life is just... Run away from it at all costs. Yeah, plow into so, what's yeah, working. So I begged, borrowed, and stealed my way into a career by just like saying, never saying no to anything, and actually emailing, calling, and um, bothering them 24 7 saying, Give me work, give me work, give me work, give me work, until they just said, Shut the fuck up, here's some work. And, um, you know, I for two or two. Uh, for about the first year, all I did was like, they, they had no understanding of the geography of the, of the country because they're all fucking Londoners, right? So they thought, like, um, like, they probably think Cornwall starts at Exeter, right? Yeah. 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 So they thought Yorkshire started at Nottingham 
and it ended at Inverness. Like they had no concept of what the yeah. North actually was. Yeah. yeah. So, which was great for me because they were like, "You're our Northern photographer. Here, please go to Dundee." Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I went all the fucking time because yeah. there was a bank called The View that came out of Dundee, and I and I ended up like just going off and shooting them so many times. And I was always in Scotland, uh, main, obviously mainly in Glasgow, Edinburgh, but always doing that shit. And I've just played in, I mean, played, I photographed in every toilet venue across the country mm. from Nottingham to Scotland. And because I was so driven, and you know, and also when I first started, I looked around, I was like the oldest cunt there because I was like 31. Mm. And the next photographer near me was 24 years old. So not only did I have like, you know, I wasn't in London, which was considered something that might go against me. But also, I was older, so I was I was just knew that I couldn't rest. I had to keep going. I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And one of those things that happened, actually, a real breakthrough moment. Am I talking too much? No, <laughs> no, no you carry on, mate. No, I'm fascinated right now. You yeah. carry on. So in 2007, I went to my first Glastonbury Festival with the NME. And... Um, it was horrific from the from the minute we stepped foot off the bus. So we all arrived on a coach together uh, to the to, to the to the actually classically the Mondays when it stopped raining. It never fucking stopped, and it was horrific. And I mean, like the year before was famously the one where somebody had taken a canoe, and and there's photographs of the mm. canoe and the oh. tents, tents floating. But that was very specific, localized flooding in certain areas. In 2007, the whole site. Uh, and I'm not exaggerating. Like at the other stage, you had to walk so carefully because the mud was like millimeters from coming over the top of your boots. It was that bad. Wow. So by Sunday, oh, everybody wanted to clear out. The magazine had pretty much gone to print anyway because they do it all on site and it's all edited and, and sent off back to London by courier and shit on our drives. So that every, everything was almost done. And then they were looking for volunteers, like a, a writer and a photographer to stay on Sunday to cover the last couple of things and i was so fucking keen for it despite all that shit that was going on with the weather and i was the only person that volunteered so luckily i got the gig the reason why that was lucky is that the last thing i had to shoot that year was a kaiser chiefs at um on the on the pyramid stage magic and yeah i mean it was it was insane because the rain was still coming down sideways all that shit and anyway, what happened was I, I took this one photograph and I just fucking knew it was incredible. I just knew it was incredible. Ricky was down on the barrier and the rain was literally slanting in like that and there was a spotlight on him. And as you know, at Glastonbury, everybody's got like the tent poles with the flags and shit on and it just looked like Agincourt. Like, and it was this <laughs> epic photograph. And I thought, right, I have to do something with that. So I emailed the manager and... Um, I said, have a look at his photograph. He never got back to me. And then I emailed him again next month. Actually, the next month, they were playing at Wireless Festival, which used to be also in Leeds as well as London. Um, fucking, I think Daft Punk played that one as well, which is That's outrageous, a big name, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I bought, so Kaj used to play there, and I showed him the photograph, and he's like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was like, well, I want to go on fucking tour. Like, take me on tour. And he was like, well, I'll, I'll have a word with lads. Never heard out back. Then they played Leeds Festival that year as a secret band. And um, I got assigned to go shoot it. So I went over and I saw him again. And this time I just talked to the band because I was like, there's no fucking point talking to the manager anymore. Mm. So I talked to the band. And I was like, you seen this fucking photograph? I sent it to your manager. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, we'll make sure he gets back to you. Mm. And then 
the, that was August, and then I guess maybe next month I got I got a call saying, yeah, the band really want you on tour, and the tour's like two months. It starts in November, goes right up to Christmas. Do you want to do it? And it, that was another real breakthrough moment because I knew that I couldn't rely on just being an editorial photographer, that I had to start associating myself directly with artists so that record labels would take me seriously because they ended me there's like there's like 20 photographers i don't didn't just want to be another photographer yeah yeah you're just part of the part of the thing rather than like something being known for what you yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah and that's what i pushed so that was and i guess i just had this basic basic plan that if i could achieve something like that every six months i knew i knew i was doing all right you know, it's not really a business plan, really, is it? It was just sort of hope and, and whatnot. And I just set out, set off to do that, you know? Like, that's what I wanted. And then, for me, the next big one was when I actually... Because the cost of that, I then I became associated with the Kaiser Chiefs in that magazine. Um, and then they played Ellen Road, and I got assigned to shoot that, and that was my first cover. So I shot um, Kaiser's at Ellen Road for first cover, yeah, uh, of the enemy, which was amazing. Oh, so that was your first... Pi like the first pictures you take that hit the cover of the yeah, magazine. Yeah, like right. that was the main image. Yeah, on the yeah. Cover. Wow. Yeah, which was you know quite another legendary moment really for me. Huge. Yeah, at this yeah. at this point, Kaiser Chiefs were peaking, weren't they? Yeah, yeah they were peaking. Yeah, they were. So like at this point, the second album had just come out, so I caught them on at the end of the the first record, and and also. Oh, uh, the second album, which was called Angry Mob, never really sold as well as the first one. I mean, not even close, because the first one, I, you know, it's fucking insane. Mm. It's like poppets after poppets after poppets. It's so well written. And the second one's a really great record, but it just didn't hit the same. And also, oh, but to be fair, though, they had Ruby on there. Which, yeah, yeah. Which That's was one of their most one. famous songs. Yeah, one of yeah. Them, yeah. So it was their peak. Um which was really handy for me because it meant I got a lot of work. Mm. And I formed an amazing relationship with him and actually worked with him solidly for about 10 years. And wow. in actual fact, mm. I was um, I shot a music video for them, but it was like a, an on-the-road piece because I'd... Oh, this is a... I'm sort of digressing, but... I just, I'm just This is me just showing my, my gratitude. Whilst I was editing that video, Ricky used to come and sit with me. And um, the reason why I live in Cornwall is that my ex-wife moved down here with my kid. And um, I tried, I tried to manage that, and it was really fucking difficult. Cause at that time I was in London, and um, I was living out at B&Bs and shit, and I didn't want to take my kid back there, so I used to play in my car. Like it was really depressing, and I was really struggling. And I, and I just sat with Ricky, and I couldn't afford much, you know. Like even, you know, a photographer of that. What when I was really successful. Um, it's still not as much as what you get paid for, like having a decent day job. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just not because you work in editorial. It's not that much money. Um, so I couldn't afford to rent two places. That was just obscene. Um, and anyway, Ricky, Ricky had a house in Falmouth, and he just split up with his missus, who's Cornish. And he was like, "Oh, we've literally just split up. I've got no intention of using that house. Here's a set of keys. Go raise your kid." Wow. Yeah, and I never, I never had to pay for a fucking thing. He never asked me for a single penny. What That's a bad. fucking legend. Yeah, and without that, I honestly don't know what I would have done because I was really fucking broke from getting divorced and, yeah. and like, and also as soon as, as soon as Pops came along, which is my daughter, like I dedicated my life to her and, and 
I couldn't work six months a year because I because I wanted a fifty percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I had mm. to like every other week, and uh, so like I was even skinter than than I was before because I was just wasn't working as much. It's the it's the true struggle of the creative, isn't it? It is, yeah. especially when you ain't got fucking rich parents. With well, home. of yes, course, yeah. yeah. Which is another way of looking at it. But I think because you didn't have that, it probably made you more driven to achieve what you did achieve. Yeah, definitely. And by the sounds of it, it's like brute force and ignorance until it pays off. Yeah. And I've got yeah. a lot of respect for that because well, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to teach my kid that at the moment. Yeah. Because she was asking me something. I don't know where we were. Gwen and Moore, I think it was, like the play centre. And um, Oh, yeah. And um, she was asking, can I go up there? And I was like, just fucking do it. Do it just do it. Like, if the, 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 the no one's ever going to hurt you for going somewhere you shouldn't go. So just fucking do it. And then if you shout at you, just say sorry and walk away. <laughs> I'm just trying to teach her that methodology. Yeah. Because it get, it gets you so far in life, and I think that's the problem with like with a lot of working class people that that I you know uh, sort of attitude, and I grew up with it to a certain point until I had to look after myself after my old man passed. Is that I just had to get on with shit, and I'm not going to let anyone stop me. You know that with as long as you're polite and don't hurt anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So how far did that attitude take you? Obviously, it got you to where <laughs> you were with the Kaiser Chiefs in the story, yeah. and then from what I've seen on your Instagram, you've gone. You, yeah, that you was know. the start. That yeah. was really yeah. the start. That was like, like I said, 2007. Um, I mean, man alive, for the next few years, I just really enjoyed the rides because I, all of a sudden I was taken seriously by the magazine. So I got to travel all over the place and do amazing stuff like, you know, work in LA and whatnot. And, um, but the cheek took me quite far. And, and funnily enough, we talked about this last night, so I hope I'm not repeating myself. Not that anyone fucking listens to my radio show, but you know what I mean? All this, mate. <laughs> 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 I heard 6,000 fucking listens. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, definitely more than my radio show. Up there now. Um, so I actually blagged my way onto stage with Oasis. I, I've done it with a lot. I've actually done it with a lot of bands. So there's a magazine in New, in New York, or there was, called Spin. And they once um, picked up with my photographs through syndication to print. I was really intrigued by it. So I got in touch with him. I was like, what's the deal with this section? Like, do you commission for it? Like, how can I shoot for it directly? And they don't commission for it. What they do is you submit. And if, if they liked it, they'll print it. And it's, it's at the start of the magazine, every issue, there's three double-page spreads. And each double-page spread was one photograph. So it's a really magnificent photographic mm. opportunity. Mm. And yeah. they were massive. They used to do like half a million copies a month, even then. And um, so I used that because it was in New York and there was no like PR for them or over here. I just used that as an excuse to shoot whoever I really loved. One of those bands, funny enough, was Underworld because I used to love Underworld so much. So I just got in touch with them and said, mm. I can get you a double page spread in spin if you give me AAA access to everything. Uh, right. Um, so, and you know, that that was easy. They just went, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I ended up being on stage with Underworld at Brixton Academy wow. on Halloween so in 2009, I think maybe it was. And... They're one of my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> yeah, and I've just yeah. stood there going, this fucking life is insane. You did that with yeah. Oasis as well then, did you say? I did do that with Oasis. Because that was bag, so isn't it? sick. Th that was, I was the, the, from what, uh, this is something I claim, I need to fact check it, but I'm pretty certain of it. That I was the only photographer in the world who got up on stage with them on their last ever tour. No, and really. that And it was a fucking blag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which just sounds like you just, you, you know, the, the, I don't like the word leveraging too much, but leveraging this opportunity with another opportunity and making it work yeah. for both, Be, like yeah. and for, well, well, for well, everyone. Exactly. I'm not. Ex I'm not exactly taking from them. Right? No, you're but giving. You're providing everybody with 
a solution to, to yeah. what there is. Yeah, it's just that nobody, you know, I don't have a network of people that can, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a, a network of people that could just, you know, click your fingers and get shit done. So I just had to do it myself. And so there was this, uh, so they played Eaton Park, you know, mm. in Manchester, and it was um, mass, it's supposed to be huge. And 30 seconds into their set, the power cut on stage. And you can imagine what Liam was saying, right? Like, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> and I was in the pit. So the pit is the, the gap between the stage and the crowd. And it's where the photographers and security and stage drivers all co-inhabit. And um, I was in there shooting for the enemy, and it was going to be a cover story, but that's the only access I was allowed. It was in the pit. That was it. And it's three songs, and you're out. And um, so after the power cut, everybody was cleared off stage. Now, before that, on stage, you could see band, other bands like Spot Axe and family and friends and um there was a photographer on stage called penny smith who's like a legendary music photographer I th um she shot like the the clash uh, london calling for example cover mm. and um so she and she shot the work she'd worked with him loads but after the power cut everybody was cleared off stage like there wasn't a soul it was just the band so anyway i did the shoot and liam was the cover and it went down really well it, it, with him i actually think it's a really fucking average photograph because it's just from the pit and there's nothing special about it. It's Liam with a tambourine. It's like whoop-de-whoop. Everybody shot that fucking photograph. So it was, for me, you know, I, I'm obviously glad to have another cover because it was actually a thousand pounds, which was like insane money yeah, for yeah. me. So I took that and I was very grateful. What I did take from that was, um, at that time I was actually working with Muse, um, going on tour of them and stuff, which was also another complete fucking thing. I just rang them up and said, do you want a, do you want a photographer? I'm really good. And they were like, do you want to come in tomorrow for a chat? Like, it's mental what you do when oh. you just fucking do it. Yeah. You know, that wasn't reputation or privilege. It was me just ringing him up going, don't ask, don't get. Yeah. And like literally the next day, and I was in, I was still living in Leeds, and they were, and the, and, uh, they were like, yeah, come in. Like, funnily enough, we were just talking about it. I ended up being going on tour for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah, flying all over the fucking world. It was amazing. Musician insane. great um, as well. So, but they the shared the same PR. So I, I called up Terry, and I was like, Terry, um, Spin Magazine had commissioned me, which is a total lie, to, to shoot this uh, for, for them. Can you get me access? And she was like, oh, I don't know about that, Danny. You know, after, after Manchester and all that shit, I'm not sure. And um, you know, what, what's it going to get? And I'm like, it's double page spread. It's going to be amazing. And she was like, fucking hell. Uh, no idea. Let me talk to them. To management. So I, then I called um, the office to these guys. And I was like, can you make a one-off and actually commission me for this. Like, I'm talking to the PR and she's saying that, you know, I might not get access, but if you commission me, I'll get access. And they were like, no, we don't do that. Never do it. And at this point, I've shot mm. like 12 fucking months of like amazing photographs for them. And they still wouldn't do it. So anyway, I got back on the phone to Terry and I was driving to the gig, by the way, because I just believed that it could happen if I just got in my car, <laughs> which was for like a four and odd hour drive. And, um, and I called up Terry and I was like, okay, so yeah, I've definitely got the commission, um, but they're telling me that they want stage access. Right. And she was like, Oh, it's never gonna happen, Danny. I was like, well, fuck it, man. You're not gonna get your 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 two yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, and, and the way this wanted press in America all the time. Mm. Um, I said, I, I said, they will not accept it if I shoot in the pit. Just won't do it. So she goes, fuck it, hell, hang on. So she called the management, called me back, and went, okay, so fine. They're gonna give you one song on stage because Liam loved the cover. It's like brilliant. 
And then um, by the time I got to Edinburgh, it uh, it changed that Noel had heard that that I was Liam wanted behind his amp. So Noel said, no, he's only getting on stage if he stands behind my amp. Um, right. And I got one song. That's all I got. I got one song for and uh, stood behind Noel's amp, and it was fucking amazing. I absolutely smashed it. Like there's when I say that, like from one song, you're lucky if you get like a couple of decent photographs. Yeah. And I reckon I got like maybe three photographs that I feel uh, it should sit in my portfolio because yeah. it was just so fucking good. And, and Noel was playing up because he wanted a good photo. Can you remember yeah, what yeah. song it was? I can't. No, 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 I can't because I was just buzzing my tits so off. Yeah. Just going into more of the art of what you do then when you're sort of in those moments. Mm. Because like me personally, I would kind of switch off a little bit, I think, and just uh, sort of go knee-jerk on everything and, and react and just do my thing. But do you like calculate and think, right, there's going to be a good shot here, I listen do. to the song I and do. plan ahead? I do. I feel sort of like um, Norman Bates off American Psycho. <laughs> 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 Except my, my, yeah. uh, is he called Norman Bates? No, um, what's no, his I name? I think that's British Psycho, isn't it? Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman, oh, yeah. Except my well target remembered. is photographs, not um, humans. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually a mixture. Because like music was, is in my blood from being a kid, and I think one of the reasons why I became really successful, and first and foremost through live music, was because I had an affinity. Like I understood it. I understood when the moment's going to happen. And also, like most of my photographs were never with you know microphone in someone's face, because I I as a musician I always wanted people to look like fucking rock gods because that's what I wanted. Mm. You know. Yeah. So there was this just an intrinsic understanding in in what I did. Uh, uh, and the, the, in my love of music and, the, and how I communicated that through my work. Um, there's that, which is very instinctive. And I like I, I do think about it. That goes through my head. But actually, I'm also thinking about a million other things. Technically, that stuff's so ingrained in me that I'm just switching and my, my buttons and my, all, my, all that shit. And that's just going on. And that's not in my consciousness. Mm. That's, that's just going on around me. So I don't have to think about that. You can go to another level with yeah, it. You, you, yeah, all exactly. the basics are there. You can unconsciously Absolutely. go to the... the well, the, I go, the, I go yeah. to where I'm literally... And sometimes I'll... You know, most people close one eye and, and shoot. You know, like sometimes I'll work with two eyes because I can see my peripheral vision and see what's going on. And, I, and try and be... Com completely aware of as much as I can, but then also just fine-tuning that awareness into what, what what's going to happen on the chorus. Are they going to repeat the lights on that chorus? Because I really love the way it hit the drummer. You know, I'm filing this layer and layer and layer of like what anticipatory and things that might happen and also like repetition. And I don't know, it's, it's quite... No one's ever asked me that before, and it's actually quite interesting to to sit back and think about that mm. because I doubt you've ever spe like thought about it even. Because no, from I mean, what you're no. saying, it's kind of muscle memory and uh, reactionary. Yeah, because I've, I've literally shot millions of photographs. Yeah, you know, well, say literally, maybe half a million. Who knows? But it's up there, right? It's a lot, and yeah. it is a lot. And I've and I've photographed. I've probably seen more gigs than most people will in a lifetime, and I've being in situations that where the adrenaline is coursing through your veins and you still have to do a fucking good job. And more than that, you know, quite often after my old man died, I felt like my dad was with me when mm. I was... Okay, sorry. Sorry, mate. Getting choked up. Um, I often felt like his presence. Mm. And, I, and, and in a strange way, I just had to do well 
to honor my dad's memory, which is total fucking bullshit. It's just in my head, you know. It's sort of in the moment, you felt that. I felt yeah. that, yeah. But it gives you the drive, though. It gives you the drive to go and do yeah. that. It's, 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 I, I can imagine. Also, I'll like, be honest, sorry for interrupting you. Do you sorry? know, the one thing that really kept me fucking going is, like, I was brought up on market stalls and I used to work in a fucking warehouse. Mm. And every time I was presented with another ridiculous thing in my life that I, you know, you know, like working with you too. Like I, I work with fucking you too. They're yeah. one of my clients. That's fucking That's, insane. That I'm from mad. Dewsbury, West Yorkshire, yeah. where everybody f- is a fucking welder or on the dole. And yeah. um, you know, I, 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 I'll never forget because he's a he's a fucking professional. I, I, I arrived somewhere. I think it was maybe Vancouver. I was there for five days with him. And I walked into the arena, and he just saw me, and he was like, "Hey, Danny's in the building." He doesn't really know me. He doesn't really care, but he's a he's a really good professional, welcoming everybody who works on the team. This is Bono. Yeah, Bono. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and do you know what? Like, I'm so fucking chuffed. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I know this is a nicety, but what a fucking nicety!" And you know, when yeah. they walked out and said, "I saw you two when I was 16, and I was massively in love with um, Actung Baby." Mm. And when when um, I was invited to, you know, I've worked with them quite a lot, but one of the things that was amazing was their 25th anniversary of Joshua Tree. Mm. And, I, and I got to be there, and I got to fucking work with Anton Corbin. Do you know who Anton Corbin No, is? I don't know. So Anton Corbin's like this legendary photographer who shot all of their stuff. And any photographs of them you've seen, Anton. Any photographs of Depeche Mode from that period, Anton, Metallica, and so on. Like, and he's one of my heroes. And we were working together on the same production. Wow. He, like... You know, I, I'm just so grateful for all those opportunities because my life was so different before then, mm. and um, and that's one of the, uh, that's what, you know one of the, I remember when you two came out on stage that night and they played and they went into streets have no name. I I cried and I was supposed to be working and I was just cause I was just so sort of excited and grateful all at the same time. Yeah, think, all these emo- massive emotions come yeah, together in the same so. moment. You are you are a very grateful person. I think I can just tell that from this chat. I mean. And I, and I think from your musical upbringing and wanting to be a musician, I think once you get on the stage with that camera, the camera is almost your instrument and you're a member of the band. Yeah. And, and you play that camera and you yeah, feel so the music, true. you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's actually as close as I'll ever get. And maybe that's why I, I did it, because that's all I ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's remarkable to think that um, to go from your what was clearly your passion to be playing music yeah. or involved in music to, to you could see it when you're talking. I know everyone, people listening, but you can see it in your face. just like how much you gave a shit about music in the beginning. Yeah. And, and obviously what I find remarkable is the setback you had when you said with your health yeah, is what's, yeah. what's actually the thing that's most people you'd imagine would send them to the depths of the, you know, to nothing. Whereas it seems to be the thing that's actually catapulted you to give you the opportunities and and push you. I know it's all all come from yourself, yeah. but it's that. I mean, bad it, thing that's then given you everything else that you've gone on to do since. It, it, it did definitely help in a way, which is perverse, really. Isn't it? it sounds strange, but, um, but yeah. It, I mean, you know, I I still live with with it. You know, I have arthritis in both my arms, um, and. My metal knee is really good, though. That's that's doing me well. Top notch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. It's it's a funny one because I don't want to sound like a fucking martyr, to be honest with you. Um, Has it affected your your photography? 
Um, I mean, it did at the beginning because before I had my total knee replacement, I used to have to go to photograph gigs and bands with a walking stick, which, Oof, you know, like try operating a camera with one hand, you know, it's fucking hard. And I was in pain. Like the only way, like it, the, just so, you know, like I had no cartilage in my left knee. So I had bone on bone yep. just grinding away. And the only thing they gave me was like the morphine patches that, um, that cancer patients have. Mm. That's the only thing they could give me that could help the pain, which I didn't use because I tried once and I was just fucking tripping all day. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything. Um, I wish I'd kept them for recreational use. <laughs> <laughs> for tonight. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and I think, I suppose, you know, like I had, I had plenty of down, it didn't sound like it. I probably didn't, to be fair. But I had plenty of downtime where mm. I was miserable and I was fucking mm. unhappy and, Life was really tough, especially when my dad got leukemia because, you know, I'd just been cured of this. Well, not cured. I'd, I'd, the worst part of my body was my left knee and that had been taken care of with the replacement. And literally, that was on July 17th and then on August 8th, which was my 30th birthday, my mum and dad came to my house and I wasn't expecting them. And they came because he was going to hospital with leukemia that day. Fuck I think and you went through your mad. biggest challenges quite early on, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Well, and I was still like recovering yeah. from the operation. I also tripped and fell because of the recovery and severed my little fucking finger. Oh, what? Which meant, and and this job that I'd taken doing admin, someone started bullying me at work because I was never in, so they started making up shit to the boss. Oh. And I eventually got fired from that because of the fucking bullying. It was like the worst time of my life. Honest to God, it was insane. So yeah. everything came at like all, all at once yeah, by the sounds much, of it. Yeah. Did. And, and I guess instead of like just drinking myself into a stupor, which I probably, I mean, I did, to be fair, honestly, I, that's not actually true. After my own man died, I went off the rails a bit. Yeah. Like for a couple of years. I, even though I was doing really well with work, like I was, that was balanced with just getting probably drunk and stoned every night for like yeah. three years because I just didn't know what to do with the pain. Yeah. Mm. That's the way of dealing with it though, isn't it? It's not the but right way. Not, no, no, not, anyway. not necessarily, but, but maybe you, you look at it and actually maybe it was the right way because it's got, it, well, it, maybe you maybe if it, you maybe if, if you didn't, then maybe you would have accelerated your growth into what you'd done. It might not have been three years, but even then, you know, yeah, anything could happen. Like, I mean, do you know what? It's though? so hard. I'm very happy with you how shouldn't. everything went. Because I should. had a really great time. I, and very classically is what working class people do when they first get money. Because I don't have a fucking penny left. I spent it mm. all on just enjoying myself. Like when yeah. I when I got um, a new girlfriend, I was like, well, I've got money. Let's go to fucking Tokyo for a holiday. I mean, who does that? Yeah, it's yeah. stupidly expensive. But I just, I just blew it all having a good time. Again, I have no regrets because I had such a good fucking time. I think life's all about having a good time. And if you it can is. do it while you're if you can do it while you're working at the same time, if you because what sounds like the, the the greatest push for you is right. I couldn't play music um, to the standard that you like necessarily wanted. You've managed to transition into taking pictures, which gave you the opportunity to go and watch all these magic bands that you yeah, and and so. artists that you've obviously always loved and. Um, and even new ones that you've grown to love Absolutely, after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's that was yeah. actually what the greatest joy is, is That's finding it. new. Enter Shikari. Oh my like, god! Don't let's touch on that. Have you been? Have you? Have you photographed Enter Shikari? I, I was their first ever photograph in the enemy. No way. And I didn't They're know what my I was favorite, doing. Man. That was another blag. They called me and said, "Can you use studio lights?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I can." <laughs> I, I How well do you know him? 
Um, I mean, I, I've got I've got Rory's dad's phone number in my phone. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> Fucking hell, well, not give Rory's. Him... Oh, that's fair. That's right. You can just give him a text and say, "Oh look, I've just got his mate. He really just I wants could... him to come play at his birthday party." <laughs> Please. No, I don't think I don't. Uh, do you know what? I'll, for you, I'll try. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine, mate. I don't know what I'd do. I think they come on holiday. Don't, don't get too excited. They love they love <laughs> I'm not, no, just, I know it ain't. I've not. I've not spoken to him for a long, long time because because they had this thing right where because they were so independent. Um, yeah. Like any photographer or any filmmaker or any creative that said I want to work with you, they just said, Yeah, all right. You know, if you want to work with us, don't have any brass to give you, but fucking crack on. Mm. So, like, I did go shoot them. I, I mean, I was very lucky that I got paid many times to go shoot them. But then when the enemy, when the enemy figured out that they weren't an indie band, which took them about 12 months, <laughs> um, they, they just dropped them like a hot no brick. Yeah, it was fucking insane. So there's a, there's a festival in Newcastle, I think it's called Evolution, and it took place by the Tyne in a massive fucking car park. And one year I was assigned to go shoot, and I, and on that on that uh, commission there was, um, oh my god, what's a big fucking hip hop band called? Um, Wu Tang you know Clan. No, 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 <laughs> not that big. Three <laughs> guys. Pause. Plug one is the main guy. What's he for? What's that? Who's I, can't he? I can remember his name and not the band's name. No idea. Delasol. Delasol. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And the Horrors had just released a really interesting album actually, but and she carried on the second record, mm. and they were headlining. And I wasn't commissioned to shoot them. I was, and I remember, That's because I was crazy. friends with them, I could watch them on stage, like watching them side of stage. And there was 10,000 kids in a car park in the north of England that the enemy didn't give a fuck about and that were going crazy. And for me, at that point, I was like, these are guys are going to be around for such a long time because yeah. they don't need the press. No, mm. like, This has been grassroots from day one and continues to be to this yeah, very it still day. is. It's exactly yeah, the same, exactly. isn't it, for them, I think. I don't think they're on Radio 1 now, are they? Not, no, not no, a no. huge amount. I mean, like, I think you'll find in other countries the press um, are probably really into them. I just mm. think it's... I just think that the British music press are always really snobby about shit. Yeah. I mean, if you read Hammer of the Gods, the Led Zeppelin biography, um, you, you know, the enemy slagged off every fucking record. Yeah. Wow. Every record, like, called it trash. You know, and you, Led Zeppelin 4 is not trash. Yeah. It's a work of, like, Outstanding. gods. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, I, before we talked about Enchikari, I cut you off to talk Sorry? about Enchikari. Do you remember what you were going to say? It was probably just that I love them and they're great. <laughs> Honestly, probably just like, some, like, gushing. Over like, I don't love things to, like... I don't tend to get too high on things, like, love things too much, yeah. a huge amount, but th they just... Did you two grow up together? Away. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, well, not grow up as youngsters. We we met when we was, like, what, college Teenagers. age? Teenage. Like, late like, college age? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mid, mid, like, I can late. tell, because finding two Shikari <laughs> fans in Cornwall, it probably oh, is only two, uh, three, to be fair. I'm sat here. But like for them to be friends, I'm yeah. like, this has to go yeah. back. Oh yeah, we a lot of our friends are Shikari fans. They're a rare they? breed, aren't they? They are. Have they ever played um, Eden? Never played Eden, but that oh, would be a band for Eden. Be. It would. Do you I reckon? Think it would yeah, I mean, so I, so I could have a word with Rory's dad. Get them up there. <laughs> so get, him, get him on Eden. <laughs> it would be manic. It would I mean, be magic. We went to uh, Ali Pali last. Was it last yeah. year? It was, it, was, it was literally like a couple of days before my birthday. It, when was, it was last year. It? Yeah. What a venue that is. Yeah. yeah I cool. love that venue. I've seen a couple of bands there. Underworld, actually, funny enough. Yeah. It's an awesome place. Yeah, yeah. A big sort of shed on the hill, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Beautiful. I mean, it sounds really shit if you're at the back, but if you're at the front, it sounds Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we, I was well into it. It was because the thing is, with Shikari, so they've obviously been my favorite band for a really long time. Mm. And. Uh, 
I've had two occasions. I've had I've had tickets to go and see them, and there was the first time. Um, my, I just not long found out that I was going to be a dad, so I was like, "Fuck me, this is like the last." type of thing that I'm really <laughs> going to be able to get away with to go and do and I'd already booked the tickets before we found yeah. out so I was like buzzing <laughs> for it I was just like this is in the middle of the, the whole pregnancy thing and I was just like oh, this is the last thing I'm going to get to do we're fucking me and my one mate we're walking it's in Bristol you've only got one mate well it was the one mate that was going <laughs> with it? me it was just me nah it was our other fella I know you've got two yeah yeah I know I've done quite well <laughs> and uh, we was walking to the gig we're literally around the corner from the door and people are walking away what and they're like and we're like, what, why are you leaving? It's just about to start and all this. And they're like, they fucking cancelled. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck? No, Raul Reynolds had fucking, like, got, like, he was ill. And I was just thinking, he must be fucking ill because I can't see this band being a band that cancels fucking easy. And I was obviously yeah, fucking guide. So we went and got battered and I was <laughs> livid and uh, <laughs> went home the next day. So then it was like a really long time later. And we booked more tickets. We managed to get some more tickets to go see them. And then COVID happened. Oh. Everything cancelled. And I was But you got to, come on, come on, get to happy. And ending. then eventually, obviously, they'd done another tour. Like after, yeah. after COVID last year, they booked, they had the Ali Pally booked in. It was like two days before my yeah. 33rd birthday. Perfect. And I was just like... Yeah, we booked the ticket. I'm like, we're, we're gone. And it was the best night, wasn't it? Yeah, there was it a was moment. so good. There was a moment towards oh, the end. The yeah, Didn't it was play magic. Airfield or something towards the end, I think. Constellations and was a Constellations, light, light, light at the end, it. And Pang was lying down in what would would have turned into a mosh pit. Yeah. The opening, just lying there, starfishing in amongst all <laughs> the <laughs> shit and fucking whatever else is on the floor. And he's just there, living in the moment. Yeah, I was just like, like a little Buddha sat there. Just yeah. Like, Oh, I'm just sinking this in. People are telling me to stand up. I'm just like, don't worry, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Once it kicks off, I'm like, up. Oh, oh, mate, I just up, up me up on the shoulders. Yeah. Oh, I've never been so wild in my life. It was amazing. Oh, that's a nice ending. That's what yeah, music does to you, isn't it? It is, bud, yeah. It is. And I've missed that. I don't think I've been um, to a decent gig for fucking ages. I actually can't think. Uh, Green Man Festival I was at. Mm. Was anything good there? Oh, Charlotte Didgeridoo. That was fucking amazing. Have you guys heard of Charlotte Didgeridoo? No. No. Yeah, two-piece um, and play sort of like house music, but with quite satirical lyrics that are quite cutting. And I don't know. It was That was actually incredible. Love that. Sounds interesting. Do you um, frequent the Eden sessions then? Or? I did this year because my, um, my wife... Uh, um, He's a big Nine Inch Nails fan. Mm. Yeah. Which I'm not. I was there for that. Wait, first night? I think it was the first night. Yeah, I was there on the first night. I'm not like a man. I mean, I get it. I've seen them. She actually once bought tickets when the, there's a, a festival in London called The Meltdown, which is curated by art, well, by an artist, and they get to play the South Bank. So big bands can play quite intimate venues. And um, I'd already bought Deftones tickets for that night. Mm. And then she went and bought Nine Inch Nails tickets. And... Um, and I thought, fuck it, I'll sell the tickets. I'll sell the Deftones tickets, much to my dismay. 
fuming. And it was in, it was in the the like the Royal I don't know the fucking concert hall where it's like posh and the seats and stuff. So we had seats and we're like four or five rows from the front right. and I slept through the entire Nine Inch Nails no. movie. I did, yeah. There's photos and videos of me just like happy Shit. as fuck. I was, I was fine with that. I'm like, this is the best outcome. You get to go to the gig. I get to go fucking sleep. <laughs> <laughs> they can be a little bit like that, Nine Inch Nails, but like... Oh my God, what do you think to the saxophone? Which saxophone? You, you can't have been at the same gig as me. Maybe I, I was on the rowdy night because I've heard they did a quieter night and then a rowdy night. Right. Now I can't Did you remember. not see him with the saxophone? No. I can't have been like the same night. No. It came out, you know, like, uh, have you seen Lost Boys, that sexy, muscly saxophonist right. on stage? Do you know the guy? No. no. Lost. I know the Lost Boys, but... The movie re- referenced the that. 80s, isn't it? Yeah, it is the 80s. And um, it came out playing a saxophone. Like, do, 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 yeah, I, I was do. not there for that moment. A bit of careless whisper. Right. Yeah. I mean... Um, I would actually like to hear a Nine Inch Nails cover of Careless Whisper. Now I know he can play. They could do it. Yeah, yeah. And they do soundtracks for everything. Don't they know. I do. Like everything. Uh, Social Network was their big one. Oh yeah. Yeah. He got for an film. Oscar, didn't he? Huh? He got an Oscar for that. I, I think, think so. Too. Yeah. I mean, he deserves it. There's a lot of like ambience in it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? The the fine, the f- the fine. 6.7 out of 10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're a bit odd, though. They're, they're like um, a Warren steak pasty if you can't get out else. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfectly fine. So what a Slipknot? Uh, Slipknot? Fucking hell, that's like um, Gear Farm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a Gear Farm that pasty right good there. good shit, isn't it? It is, mate. So, so what is it you love about Slipknot, then? Or Are they, are they your favourite band? Or you, I mean, you must have so many favourites. Oh, it's so I, hard to I tell. I don't really I have a favourite band anymore. I mean, yeah. obviously, when you're a kid growing up, you do. I think um, if... They're probably my most listened to heavy metal band. Right, yeah. Without a doubt. But you know, I have I've you know, I love loads and loads of music. My favourite band tends to be thing whatever fucking turns me on this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a hip hop band coming out of LA called Coast Contra and what they do really excites me. Although everything on their album doesn't but then I keep they keep doing like random um, uh, ad lib shit that they release right. on Instagram and every time they do I'm like, This is the most exciting thing I've heard for fucking ages. I don't know. I, 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 oh my god! Um, Slipknot are up there. Desert Island Discs, without a doubt. And if you were to ask me, it'd probably be like Versus Three. You know, with that's the album, isn't it? It is the album. It's it's just yeah. incredible. But I love Iowa. You know, that was yeah, the yeah. actually not the new one, but the one before. What was that called? The not the grey chapter was it? No, after that. The one after that, the one with uh, Devil and I and all that on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that one? No, no, no. After that. Really? Um, yeah. Fucking hell. Hang on a second. This is the bit. Where You're gonna have to look it up. A fact check. I can't believe I can't remember. I've got the latest album's a little bit odd though. I I played it for a mate on the way to somewhere this week. I was like, don't look at the the screen in the car or anything. Don't look. Just tell me who you think this is. And do you know what he said for the first track? He said <laughs> elbow. Who? Elbow. <laughs> Elbow. Yeah. Which is actually entirely believable, to be honest with you. That's wild. Yeah. Um, because I listened to it and I could We Are Not Your Kind, of course. That was their best album since Versus 3, I think, because it it was actually, apart from one song, mm. it, was, it, I, I, it was wall-to-wall really good fucking Just songs. savagery, isn't it? And, yeah. And how do they, I don't know how they keep doing it. There's not many bands that do it for as long as they have, and, and in such a niche kind of area as no, well because right? most bands regardless of genre when you get to like 45 plus you just you really can't you're not edgy anymore 
And yeah. so, so you don't you don't really know how to recreate that yet. Slipknot still sort of do, which is quite impressive. You, you know, Metallica definitely do. Iron Maiden definitely do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Pink Floyd. Fuck me. <laughs> like, like, have you heard anything that Dave's done? No, I mean like that Ukraine song. Oh my fucking god! It's horrific. is it trash? Is it it's awful? It's but puking uh, Their main songwriter had <laughs> something went wrong, didn't it? Sid, what was his name? Sid, Sid something. Barrett. Sid Barrett. Something went wrong with him. He took a, a mass. He went to Mass Ball and took, <laughs> and took a huge dose of LSD. Never came back. Yeah, he's still there, pottering around Flambard. The ghost yeah, of Sid yeah. Barrett. <laughs> that should be a stage. <laughs> Jesus, he did. But you know what's really interesting about that? So when so a, 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 quite a few years later after that happened, they were in the rec- in the studio recording "Wish You Were Here," which was uh, the the tribute that Roger and David written to like. M- to him, right? Like it's almost like the, the the life, the story of their uprising. They have a cigars about the music industry chewing you up and spitting you out, and then like shining you crazy diamond and wish you were here. We're about Sid. Mm. And there's this legendary story told by Dave himself on that fucking album. You know the TV show where you, uh, where they show you how they made the album, and like one day this guy just walks in the studio and he's like massive obese guy with no hair at all, and. And no, nobody checked in, no security, whatever, and he just right. walked into their studio and the, when they were recording Wish You Were Here. And people just looked around like, who the fuck are you? And about, it, you know, it took them a little few seconds. Like, oh my God, it's Sid. Really? And Sid had yeah. just wandered in the studio that and they'd not seen him since he left Planet Earth. It was Earth. years, wasn't it? Yeah, it was years, yeah. Uh, which is quite wow. an amazing story, I think. That's that is wild, great. isn't it? They're an interesting band, actually. Very interesting. It's quite, they're quite a big band. It's got, I mean, in terms of like the <laughs> amount of... <laughs> They're like one of, of the biggest. <laughs> no, but I mean, in there like a lot of them in the oh, band. Sorry. Yeah. Is that what you? Is that that's actually what I was what going for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. I thought that was That's a, a good save. I mean, hey, it's on. a good save. Come on. <laughs> that was one of the most pan comments. Exactly. Quite a big band, though. I, I like. like I like, like a two tone phrase. You know, one that can flip. Take yeah, it there's a lot of them in the band, isn't there? Um, not originally. I think there's like five. Oh right. Maybe. What am I thinking of? Roger, uh, Roger and Dev. I mean, Slipknot is a lot. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, I think in Slipknot had a lot of people in the band. It's nine. Another it? good serve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I fuck up? No. <laughs> Were you talking about a different band? You're all right. No, no, I'm just you're right. taking piss. I think I need another drink. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, I'm gasping. Let's, okay. let's, okay. let's grab a drink. Let's, grab, a let's drink. grab another drink. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's keep going. I'll have a fag. That's a good Actually, idea. You know, um, we'll be back in three, <laughs> two, one. And we're back. We're back. We're back. Magic. We've all got. We've refilled our drinks. I am now. Pang is now the producer because I've got the headphones on, and I am spinning out because I've got to get used to these headphones. There's a slight delay. In there, just (laughs) slight delay between your mouth and your ears. Yeah, it's not very nice. It's spinning me out, but I'll get used to it. I've got a local beer here. That's why I was. I took so long then, chaps. But I've got. Is it Verdant or Verdant? Verdant. Yeah, Verdant. Yeah, they're in. Are you not familiar? I ain't. Are you, are you serious? I, I've never tried this. They're, they're like one of the biggest players on the craft beer scene in the country. In the country? In the, yeah, country. In the country, yeah. Everywhere but Bobmin area. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> You've got that firebrand of Bobmin. Have you heard of that? They're Launston or Lanson. Oh, that's But we've, we've actually got Blunt Rock now. <laughs> Yeah, Blunt Rock's a, is... Is our little uh, is our little crew because we've done a podcast oh, with them. Yeah. Oh, you've got a beer with them. Oh, and well. a beer. That's right. Nice beer. Yeah, you should try that one. It's a strong pills. You told me you were going to bring some. I bet you hadn't, have you? I haven't got oh. any. Uh, you drank them all. No. That's how. Come on, Blom. Right, sort us out. We need more. Yeah, I mean, 
Can you send some to Farmer for me to try? I'm sure we can. It needs to be on tap down here somewhere. That's yeah. the goal. But in here, it would be perfect, wouldn't it? It would be. And also the Cornish Bank, there's, there's absolute, you know, both here and the bank mm. have majority Cornish beers on. You know, that's that's another thing that I fucking love about the Cornish community is that they, everybody's so supportive of what we do here. Like yes, what, you, what you make and, and whatnot. That's like good. it's always, there's always an opportunity for a business to grow because people want to fucking support it. Yeah. I want to like it. Yeah. I want to like it. Because, well, it's because we need each other, right? Because, you know, as you said in the last podcast, come winter, everybody just fucks off. Yeah. And like, so you need that support and that network. And that's, that is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. I found. It's what, you know, when I opened Pizza Please in Penryn, that's one of the things that blew me away was just how integrated into the community you become if you open a business down here. And you're, and you're a nice person, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fundamentally. Everybody just... Is there like you know the, these guys down here behind us? Is a restaurant called a restaurant mine, which is incredible food, like proper chefy stuff. Like and those guys that come down to Pizza Please for pizza, and I've always you know, and I've always found that really, really heartwarming to see other businesses it's supporting exactly us. Exactly what you need, isn't it? It's it's what you, we need everywhere in the UK. Well, the world, if you want to get proper deep. Well, but what we've got in Cornwall and that that little bit of community that we have. Mm. Um, and that that want to support each other and want to support local business. Yeah, that's what we need more of. Yeah, that's what brings it, everyone together. It's not together. enough of it around, and, and I think you're right. In Cornwall, it is a lot like that. It really is. Um, everyone does kind of chip in some way or another. They or they 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 turn up. They go to your pub. They go to your yeah, pizza place. Time, yeah. They fucking follow your meme page or whatever <laughs> do you know what i mean like thanks everybody yeah yeah but hey have you have you got paid like for an advertisement yet no as an influencer? i've made i've made nothing out of the meme page apart from the merch which has always been limited because i've been limited on how much i could buy because of my income the, your interactions like uh, is really good it's high it's right it's it's higher than kim kardashian's per <laughs> Follower, it's the percentage. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah percentage. Is it actually? It is. Oh my god! There's a website that works it out. That's <laughs> magic. And you did it as well. You were Funny, like, "Who am I better than?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's set, let's no, I got told about this website. I'm like, "Can't, yeah, can't know, can't yeah. know." Did you write the website? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked out the algorithm. <laughs> hey, I've just, I've just remembered a story about this place. I've just, just remembered it. So, they DJ from up there, don't they? They DJ down Sometimes, to that car yeah, courtyard. Not um, on, on special events, yeah. We came down here for my birthday a few years ago, didn't we? You did. I didn't and come. We were, you didn't come. We were. We were busy. pretty steaming drunk down there, and we came here. We were drinking bottled beer most of the day for some reason, and we got here and we started drinking cocktails downstairs. Yeah. And I had an espresso martini, which is obviously brown, and I was wearing a white t-shirt. And I went to drink it, and you know that old classic where you miss your lips yeah, because yeah, yeah. And it went right you down there, and it it looked like shit. Let's be honest. <laughs> So then I was like, well, what do I do? I've got to take my T-shirt off and button my shirt up or, or whatever I was wearing. And I took my T-shirt off and everyone was going mad for the DJ and, and multiple people had their T-shirts off anyway around their heads. So I thought, I'll just throw this into the crowd. These girls saw me topless and throwing my T-shirt and screamed. They were like, wow, you know. In, dad bod. Yeah, dad bod. <laughs> <laughs> Belly. <laughs> Moobs. And um, then they, they dropped onto the floor. They picked it up and then they sort of went to, you know, stretched the t-shirt out and it was covered in that brown stuff. And then oh, they no. all started screaming. <laughs> and then around them, this group of people all looked at them, obviously, <laughs> and they all started screaming because they thought it was like some <laughs> shitty t-shirt that someone had shit on or something. Oh, no. And I was just stood there like a knob with 
no clothes on. Just Fuck. held your mar- espresso martini up. Yeah, like, like cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your evening. Yeah. The only way that could have actually come up is if you'd have had that severe constipation. Have you heard about that? That you, you can't. You if you hadn't. He lives it. If you don't shit for <laughs> yeah. for a certain amount of time, yeah. you actually shit out of your mouth. What? Yeah, that's a thing. It's got to come out. It's a real thing. I guess it has to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which which brings me nicely onto something else. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> yeah. Nicely. Yeah. Nicely. In in our little break there, and um, I just stepped outside for a minute, and I was like browsing my phone. You know, how Facebook reminds you of um, people's birthdays. And yeah. You know, on Facebook, like there's a million people you, you've forgotten about. Yeah. Like this last come up on my phone, and and I was like, fucking hell, I've not I, since that shitty Leeds College of Music admin job, I, which is where I met her. And not even thought about her, and it's her birthday today. And the reason why that made me chuckle is because she, she once told me that she had her asshole pierced. Pierced? <laughs> what? How did you pierce an asshole? Which bit? Uh, this, the ringer, like through the, somehow through the fucking, like the ring went into her ass and back out through. Oh, I right. guess, like, like a nose, I guess. Wait, we're more down or more f- up towards the coccyx? I'm guessing that's where Fuck, it would go. Man, you wouldn't want to sit down wrong uh, on that. I'm throwing my. Um, Got all sorts going through uh, my have mind. You got, have you got a hidden piercing, <laughs> Pang? No, I've got zero piercings. No. I'm not badass enough for that. Have you got any tattoos? No, but I'm desperate to get one. Are you? Yeah, I really What are you going to get? I'm thinking about getting... Well, the one that's... The one that I know I should get is the kid's name and year of the birth. The classic, yeah. Yeah, it's because it, I've always oh, thought... You shouldn't do that. You might get rid of him one day. Well... <laughs> The way he's behaving at the Fucking minute, then maybe. <laughs> but he, he plays football quite well, so I'm thinking, mm, maybe I'll Edgy just... Bets. Yeah, Investment. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, I, I, I've i always been like... I can't. I had a mate that just got a tattoo just fucking... Just for the, for the sake of it. Yeah. And it looks shit. Being I've got, I'm covered in them. Yeah, yeah. But but that's maybe that's just what it... But he's, that's like the only one I've he's got. I've got a tattoo of Akima Samoza. <laughs> Because I'm hungry. It, yeah, it, 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 it's really bad as well. But that's because I. So my mate Gobby, he came into when I lived in London. He came into this pub, which is my favourite pub, and I was there and I was already drunk and I was so enamoured by his appearance and he ran towards me that, for some reason in my mind, I thought we were on the same page. That oh, this is dirty dancing. So, and he, oh. he's, he's a little, oh, no. he's a little Indian man who's about five and a half foot and about three stone, piss wet through. So it's quite easy to lift him up. So he came running at me. I was like, this is it. This is this it. Is the I'm moment. Patrick Swayze. And I picked him up by his hips. But because I was absolutely steaming, I threw him over my head, <laughs> completely just over my fucking head. And hit, <laughs> it hit the brass foot rail at bottom at bar. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and he broke his two fucking ribs and every bone in his no ribs. No way. Oh, no. Yeah. That's so like WWE. You sort fucked of. him right I over. I did, yeah. And I was really sad. I, and like yeah, I, I did a little tear and everything. Did and you then, buy him a beer, though? I did buy him a beer. Good. But also, I said, I'll do what you want. And he said, well, you got to get my favourite food tattooed on your arm. Ah, uh, right, and, and okay. But then at least it's got it's got a meaning. Do you know what I mean? It has got its own meaning. It's not just fucking, just getting it for 18, just for the fucking sake of it. Okay, I've got a tattoo. <laughs> oh, right, I'm going to raise you. Uh, yeah, I can raise you. That's my <laughs> friend, RJ Richard from Wales, from Milford Haven. Because he said, why don't you get a tattoo of my head on a stick? <laughs> That's got no fun. And that's what that is. Yeah, but that's but it's got a story. Do you know what I mean? I've got I don't think that's I've what's got cool about tattoos for me. That. Those little anecdotes. Yeah. You Where know, did this come from? No one would know that but you. Looking at the samosa on your arm. True. 
No, true. And, you know, it is a good story. I, that wasn't the first time I broke a bone on Gobby, interestingly. The first time, didn't I didn't get a tattoo, but I broke his finger whilst he was trying to prod me in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! Crack! He'd <laughs> bent over at a festival we were at, and I fucking kicked him in balls from behind, and he was really angry, and he just swang round at me with his index finger to, to go for my dick. Why he wasn't punching, I have no idea. Yeah. But he went with his index <laughs> finger. I'm, I'm illustrating by holding my index finger out. And um and I lifted my knee up to block it and it, it snapped and went in on itself and oh, oh man and it never it never it never went to hospital so it healed like like this crooked, like a claw yeah like this and then um it swelled up and went all fucking weird so he had ET phone home tattooed down his <laughs> <finger>. <laughs> that's pretty legend but I think once you've got one tattoo. Once you've got over the first one, you can kind of go with anything after, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. It's getting it's getting the first one out of the way. I've got about fifty, so have wow. you? Yeah. It, dear, expect they're dear though, man. Yeah, most of these come from when I was like earning yeah. not Cornish money. Yeah, <laughs> when, actual money then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actual money above living wage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is not something I could proudly say. Wait, hold on. is a living wage in Cornwall? <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's somewhere. Not, it's, somewhere, yeah. For the minority. <laughs> it's called f- one pound off for every two pasties at Warren's. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one yeah, drink. Cool it's just those c- coupons. That's a segue, though, into your life in Cornwall now, because everything <laughs> we've spoken yeah. about so far is, has been outside of Cornwall. It has, yeah. And obviously, we're sat in Falmouth now, so. Yeah. So we how are. did you end up here? Well, um... During my sort of head um, of music photography, I had a little girl called Poppy, and um, who goes to school in Carrick, and um, she she talks in a little Cornish twang every now, which makes me so proud. Like I love it. Oh really? Yeah. Well, why Wicked. wouldn't you? Because like, I mean, she's in Saint Day in Carrick. Well, she doesn't sound like you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean? Thank God for small things, eh? But I, I love I love regional accents for some reason or other. <laughs> it's interesting though, isn't it? It is interesting. But it's it, in um, like all the best. Like if you listen to young people in Cornwall, barely any of them have got a fucking accent. You've got to come yeah. from somewhere like Red Roof, Cambon, you know that those sort it's, of areas. It's because they're all on TikTok and Fortnite. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, I think. But even pops don't really have a strong one, and she goes to school with proper Cornish people. But um, I was asking her that, you know, about Cornish identity, because obviously, because of um, Seamus Carey's podcast, who's a great friend of mine, I'm always I'm really interested in that. And one of the reasons why, you know, we were talking before why I love Cornwall so much is because of its identity. It's so rich and so interesting, and I love things like that. I love things that I can sort of, as an observer, can look at and then maybe just throw myself into and hopefully yeah. find my own way. And, um, oh, so I, you're an Emmett that actually appreciates being here, like, proper. <laughs> like, like, no, I'm going to try and fit in. That's a point of pause, actually. Yeah. Pan just called you an Emmett. Yeah, yeah. I was considering you a Cornish person. What do you consider yourself? Because I think you well, can only label yourself. That's you it. know what? Where my mum and dad come, uh, came from in Yorkshire, in rural Yorkshire, uh, we didn't call them Emmets. We called them crag rats. <laughs> that's more brutal that actually. does sound way more brutal it's like a Lord of the Rings kind of <laughs> yeah, character fucking orcs um, so I do appreciate that and I think that you have to have empathy for uh, I mean like Yorkshire's fucking huge it doesn't face the same problems that Cornwall does and uh, you have to have empathy for people who live here and who's, who, who have got social and economic problems because of the situations so like you know it's a delicate subject and one which i'm i'm not afraid to discuss or get involved in 
my identity is interesting because I, I am very northern. I'm very proud of that. I've yeah. lived all over and I've traveled world, luckily. But my sister, she ain't. She still lives in the same town where we grew up. She works in a sandwich shop and she makes me sound posh. She sounds like a fucking miner. In fact, her and me, me brother-in-law, who I also really love, um, they came to visit me at Pizza Pizza. In fact, he was a legend. He came down and worked for two weeks for free, laboring while we were building Pizza Please. Wow. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, he got, and I think there's, there's an affinity between regional areas. So like, maybe you think you're feeling like I, I belong here because there's, I think there's an affinity. Mm. And like, just like when Nikki came down and helped us for two weeks, every night, uh, well, every, every day at 4 p.m., he'd just fuck off, go across roads at Famous Barrel, which is a really beautiful working class pub in Penryn. And, um, and just, and he knew everybody. Like after a week, everybody fucking knew who he was. And there's no like, oh, you're an Emmett, none of that shit. Yeah. It was actually really inclusive. And not all that comes down to is how f wh where you stand in social interactions. Are you on the boundary or are you getting involved? You know, and I don't think yeah. anyone will turn up nose up to anybody who gets involved. And it was That's worse, right. far worse. When my mum and dad moved from West Yorkshire to North Yorkshire, which doesn't sound like that far, really, does it? It took seven years for villagers there to talk to my mum and dad. Like seven fucking really? years, absolutely not taking the piss. That's extreme, isn't it? It's yeah, but but they had the same sort of um, um, like I guess boundaries that the build up that you find sometimes. Not that I have, I've not really found it in Cornwall. I think a lot of people talk about outsiders and Emmets, like you push the periphery, you know, and Seamus has that bumper sticker which come out today, which yeah, says everyone is welcome. Because that's going against that other bumper sticker, which says non Emmett in the Carnage flag. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've not come across that exclusivity. I think Seamus' bumper sticker is correct. Everyone is welcome in Cornwall. We're very accepting. We definitely are. But then the negative behaviours we're not accepting of. Yeah, absolutely. Not Whatever they be. might be. And the negative impacts we're not accepting. And neither of. am I. I mean, like, I consider myself a local. I'm not. I'm not Cornish. I'm a Yorkshireman. I got my family go back 400 years in Yorkshire. And I'm mega, mega proud of that. That is, yeah. But um, mega proud. That's fucking stupid. I just like it. Yeah, no, I like it because it gives me a sense of like you know, where you roots. come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think everyone should be proud of where they come from, regardless of. But if, you know, going back to Shikari, do you remember that song where? They talk about um, borders are just lines in the sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drawn with a stick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's True. how I feel. We're, we're so lucky, actually. though. Actually. We're lucky, though, because Cornwall's got borders of river. <laughs> so it's so really wrong. It's well, so it can't they're be right for the most part, but there's a big, no, I, big river. I do get what you're saying. And, and yeah. something we ask quite a lot of guests is, um, have you done a DNA test? It's um, quite a popular Christmas present these days. Ancestry. But... When when me um, my mum's sister, my mum's are Epworths, and um, and I've got Epworths, Tetleys, and Norths in my family, which is pretty strong, isn't it? Mm. And um, when my mum my mum's sister, my auntie Mary, got married to my uncle, he passed away. She got remarried to a North, so both sisters Epworths ended up marrying Norths, and so my new uncle Andy he thought that was really unusual, so he did a family tree 
history of our families and discovered that we're inbred because about 400 years prior to this, the Norths and Epworths also shagged and got married. Absolutely. Wow. That exists so, everywhere. So surely I'm Cornish. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right in. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm obsessed with trying to find someone that doesn't consider themselves Cornish, but has actually done a, a DNA test and turns out to be Cornish. But, uh, can yeah. you actually find out if you're Cornish through DNA? Well, through, through, through name um, and origin. The origins go back to um, Irish, Welsh, Scottish... Yeah, Celts. Um, Celt, Celtic, yeah. yeah. But then it says it does specify those. Right. And then your name, and so so your DNA could match up with someone else, else that is called North yeah. or someone else that is called Roberts or whatever. And yeah. then you can work out where that right. family came from. Well, maybe I should have a look at that. It's, it's very interesting. It's your fancy. And over time, um, your relatives accumulate. So you'll get an email saying you've got new relatives. I mean, that's what usually oh, happens, doesn't it? It is. But the more that people take these tests, the more Depends how much of a get. top shagger you are, though. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, next level. <laughs> <laughs> to be with you. I mean, I'm being, I'm being modest, but... Do you know what, um, what I love... One of the things I love about Cornwall is how Brittany and Cornwall, on that yeah. whole Celtic band, is so intrinsic. Yeah. It's like, I've ne- I, you know, the closest I ever come to a boat before I moved to Cornwall was a fucking canal boat because I lived yeah. right next to a canal in Ebden Bridge, proper canal town. And, um, and now I've got a little Meg- Mega Visitosha. Yeah. I <laughs> What's one of them? It's a little working boat, a little day boat, not very posh, yeah. just a little thing. And a uh, built-in fucking Falmouth. Um, I love it to bits. That's um, but what what I what I've been here and been and that's another part of like Far Away Falmouth. So amazing. It's got so many different communities. And one of those communities that I love dearly is the boating community. Mm. The people that live that life, not just come in f- to Royal Cornwall Yacht Club. Yeah. You know that's that's their, what they do. And talking to those guys and getting to know that community and then seeing how intrinsic. It is with like Dwanene and Brittany and how those communities like they like you could argue that those those people that don't even consider themselves French in the same way that Cornish don't consider themselves English, mm. um, how they're so interlinked that there's more in common with the with the, the people of Brittany than there is with the people of fucking Kent. And yeah. there really is. I think it's the Celtic band, isn't it? They, it is, they call yeah. it, and it sort of runs right down through Ireland. Depends who you ask. Wales. Depends yeah. who you ask, Cornwall yeah. and Brittany. Um, and, and one of the links for those communities is wrestling as well. We all shared the same form of wrestling. I've seen and it. And that's one of the only sort of customs that still exists in those communities. I know a welder from Column St. Major called Richard, who's a bard. And see, this is how well integrated. Bars, yeah. Come on, give me my. I don't know a single bard. Give me, I do. I do know a bard. Yeah. How about that? And bards, um, don't bards give you like a um, inauguration I'll, into the yeah, community or something? Yeah, I love it. I, l- I love that shit. I love pagan shit. Let's just burn some Christians and have yeah. a nice bonfire. <laughs> the Wicker Speaking Man. of which, talking about pagan, yeah. don't you think that beer tastes a little bit like pagan juice up from Blunt Rock? It's a, it's a pale ale. It's a pale so in that similar. respect, then talking to pagans. That's what, well, that's just yeah. what made me click because I thought. No, that, it, yeah. this is a delicious beer, by the way. It I don't think delicious. we've actually commented on it, but five and a half percent. Is it? It's like drinking squash. I Good job I'm I, driving. I feel like you're so far behind the beer times. There. Yeah, I've tried a lot, but not that. They're so they're so big. They they they've got um, 
an amazing restaurant in town called the Seafood uh, Bar. Probably my favourite restaurant in Falmouth, if not Cornwall. Amazing small plates and shit, like a tapas kind of thing. Right. And they've also tapas. got a tap room just up in Penryn, yeah. which put on awesome gigs. And actually, this is a nice segue because yeah, um, to some other photography work I did because there was a band that came and played there called um, Pictish Trail, and I, and they're from a little island in Scotland called the Isle of Egg, and that and I did loads of work up on the Isle of Egg, and I got to know Johnny who, who leads the band really well, and I just saw him play at the Verdant Tap Room. Wow! So they have is big bands down there. Is that Tap Room Ish. at their brewery as well? Is it the same yeah, place? Yeah, it's the same place. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I there it was right. Cool. They also do pizza, which was a big bone of contention when they opened. Because uh, they, they opened after Pizza Please. Right. Oh, and um, that sort of pissed me off for a while. So you didn't buy any of their beer for a couple of weeks? I didn't. I genuinely Fuming. didn't. No, no. We, we actually stopped selling it at the fucking <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, we fucking did. We're, we're a small community. We need that support. And then they went and did exactly what we did, but... Yeah. But with a massive brand name yeah. behind them. Could have done bloody calamari and chips or something. <laughs> could have done chicken wings. I fucking yeah. love a chicken wing. Chicken wings? Something I've been thinking about for a I while, mean, what, actually. Jam and chicken wings? Where the fuck does good chicken wings in Cornwall? Nowhere. 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 And they're, and they're one right. of the great... Chicken wings, buffalo sauce, blue cheese, dip. Mm. Doesn't exist. It's the greatest thing ever. Do you know what? Me and some mates it's used to future. drive to Bristol for like nights out or... Just for a day out, really. And we used to go to TGI Friday specifically for chicken wings and ribs because yeah. nowhere did it down here. No, that's true. We used to go to Cribs Causeway, TGI Fridays, and that's desperate, man, for a chicken wing. Yeah, it that's is. a fair trek. <laughs> it is, isn't you it? You must have gone once or twice. I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. For the wings. <laughs> Do all for the wings. Yeah. So, them. moving just to carry us on a little bit. Oh, I. Oh, I. How did you end up in Falmouth? Oh, we did start that, didn't we? We did. We? We That's where we started, so but, but there's just so much cool shit to talk about. <laughs> well, my ex-wife moved down here with my kid. So we talked about this because I mentioned how Ricky... Um, That's right. Like, basically... Put you up. ...keys to his house for three years, four years. Wow. Um, so that, that, that was initially what brought me here. And because Ricky was so gracious and so kind, and that allowed me to still work in London and raised my kid in Cornwall. And that was fine before she went to school. And actually, it wasn't even that fine because I, was, I couldn't work six months a year because I was down in Cornwall. Mm. And that, it was a really rough time, to be fair. I, was, I did about 125,000 miles. I, didn't, I, I never really settled in London because after divorce, that's where I moved to. And I never really got to know anyone because I was there like one week, then I was in Cornwall one week. Yeah. I never got to know anyone down here because I, I was so dedicated to Pops. I never, I mean, how do you go out and meet people when you're a single parent and yeah. you just move to a new town? Yeah, so like, I, didn't so know far, I didn't know so anyone. Sorry, just sorry to yeah. cut you off. But for, what you're saying is the week that you were down here was solely focused on your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Totally, and then the yeah. week that you were going back to London, it was all work. Yeah, yeah, yeah? exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and then in between, I was driving that drive, like, like what, four, four times every two weeks? Yeah. Like, and it was it was soul destroying to be honest with you, and it was re- re- it was a really tough time. And there were there were you know and because of pops, I was turning down work. Um, the the more you know the most greatest example of that is I got a call. So Bruno Mars played um, in the UK. I think his only date it was twenty fifteen. He played Wireless Festival in London, and I was in charge of the official photography for that festival, and. The tour manager I'd met through another band, so I, I he, he was like, 
so he knew my quality of work and he's like, oh, Bruno's seen your work. He's going to give you access to shoot him on stage. You can shoot whatever you want. Wow. Like, and I was the only photographer in the UK allowed to even fucking photograph him. Wow. Because like, he's very protective of his public image. So I did that and it went really, really well. I, I mean, I, I loved it and it was, I did a good job. Then I got a call out of the blue from the management saying, Bruno wants you to come on tour. And I was like, that's really fucking great. Here are the dates that I do Can my childcare yeah. like with my daughter, and they never call me back. Oh, and that, 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 in essence, was sort of like the, the, the end, the beginning of the end of my photography career. Because when I, I eventually moved down there, when Poppy went to school, I just didn't see her as much because um, she was in school. And before that, you know, I could have her all, all week and yeah. whatever. And then when she got into school, it were more like, well, you know, it was harder for me. I couldn't come down every week because I'd only see her on Saturday and Sunday and financially it was stretching me anyway and then work mm. and blah, blah, blah. And I hated it and I got quite depressed, to be honest with you. And I really missed her. So um, Ricky was going to sell his house. And he said, look, if you want to move in full time, just pay the bills. That's, that's the first time in Whoa. four year fucking years he's, out, he's, he's out, even asked for a penny. And even then, that's amazing. He lived yeah. in one of the fucking packet master's house on the front down here. Like... So I moved into a mansion. Me, with no brass, moved into a house worth 1.5 million pounds, and I only had to pay for the electricity. Like, it's not bad, is it? It's not bad, no. Unfortunately, my experience since then and the Cornish housing crisis, I was very spoiled. But it was lovely. Anyway, it was nice while I said. So when, so when he said that, I took that opportunity, and I went, you know what? Like, I, I was really, I like, you know, I'm not exaggerating. It was really dark. All those drives and um, feeling really lonely. It was like one of the loneliest parts of my life. But you, you've you got back to Cornwall now, and, and the photography, is is that in your rearview mirror then? No. So, I mean, you know, COVID came. Um, but what, so just before all that shit happened with COVID and during my transition between London and Cornwall, um this this thing happened where I woke up one day and I thought, I've I've done now ten years of being paid to do be a photographer and I've never asked myself what does photography mean to me without a paycheck? What is that? What does that look like? And because I've never gone and shot anything for myself. So I I started to think about that quite a lot. And um I actually went on Scotland on holiday to Scotland and um whilst I was there somebody told me about this Isle of Egg. I've never heard of it before, and it's quite an unusual place. Most people I talk to have never heard of it before. Me and being one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's really common. It's a, it's this tiny little island. When I, when I first heard of it, there was 90 people living there. There's now 110. Um, it's six square miles. Most of that is uninhabitable. Um, there's essentially two villages on the island connected by one road. And... Um, and what fascinated me was community, right? Which is the thing that has driven me since I was a little kid because, like, the community in bands was my lifeblood. And where I grew up, we literally, you know, I remember being knocked unconscious and, like, woken up in the pool of my own blood be just because I was in a fucking band, you know? Like, so, like, that sense of us versus the world was always sort of part of my inner dialogue. And when I heard about the Isle of Egg and I heard how they were the first place in the world to con run exclusively off renewable energies uh, in three forms. So they had hydro and they had like a, a, a really strong stream and they had a hydro in there. They had wind and they had solar. 
And the whole community managed that. They had like a massive shed full of fucking batteries where they managed, where they did all of the engineering. Um, it was funded partly by the EU and partly by like this Scottish trust thing. But they also were the first Scottish community to buy their land back from a, low, a, a rogue laird, which is a Scottish word for lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that fired me up because, you know, it's the same thing when we talk about Cornwall, why I fucking love it so much is that sense of identity, that sense of belonging. And that's all it takes for me to be interested because I'm like, you've got something there because it's, it's in your heart. And that's how I sort of live my life, right? And mm. it fires me up. So uh, one day I was on one of those fucking horrible drives. When I left my daughter and I had to go back to London, I would fucking cry whilst I was driving because I just didn't want to be going in that direction. Yeah. And on one of those drives, this fucking like bolt of lightning hit me, and I was like, I have to go to the Isle of Egg. I just have to go. So I did a bit of research, and I found the they had a trust that took care of like general community shit, and I emailed them, and I got in touch with a, a wonderfully Scottish name, Maggie Fife. And um, she, I, we talked about this, me coming up, because like, what most photographers do out there in the world, and I say most, it's a huge generalization, but I think it's probably accurate, is that they will buy a ticket to somewhere. Let's say what, what the Fair Islands was a hot photography ticket for, for quite a while. Buy a fucking ticket there, turn up, exploit all the locals by taking the photographs, fuck off, stick it on Instagram, and get you know 20,000 likes, and that's their goal. And, like, what have they done for the community? How much have they taken away from those people? To me, it's, like, of a magnitude that is dis destructive. Yeah. And um, so when I, went, when I wanted to go there and create this ph photographic um, series, it had, first and foremost, had to serve the community. So how I did that, I, when I was talking to Maggie and communicating, we, I discovered that it was coming up to their 20th anniversary of the buyout of the island. So I, so I said, and I, was, and I was a year ahead, so this is really good timing. So I, what I suggested to Maggie was that if I came to the island and did, it was a, it, at the time I felt like it was a crude um, synopsis of what I wanted to do, and I called it a photographic census, what what I'll tell you in the later parts of this story is that turned out to be quite accurate. Um, but at the time, I thought it was quite crude. I wanted to be more poetic, but I'm a bit yeah. of a layman, to be honest with you. And um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, what I decided to do in the end was that I would spend a year visiting this island, and I'd go multiple times, and I'd go for weeks at a time. And that was... That was now, when I look back, I think it was really naive because it's a small place and it's a fucking hard place to be. It's in winter or even fucking spring or whatever. It's just small. And it's, it can be for somebody from who's an outsider and who doesn't have any emotional connections to that place, it can be quite a lonely place. And, I'm, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, I wasn't in a place... Mentally, I wasn't very healthy at that time. Um... But anyway, I set off to do it. And what, what, what I was going to do was I'd keep that work completely private. So I'd spend a year making the work. I wouldn't share it on Instagram because that wasn't what this was about. Yeah. And at the end of that year, once I'd got round to documenting what I needed to do, I would have an exhibition on the island exclusively. First and foremost, the first people to see the work would be the people in the photographs. 
And, I, and they've got a tiny little town hall, which is essentially like a, 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 a hut, but just like a really nice hut. And um, I hung up all the photographs that night. And I, and for the, and I, went, I always went on my own. And on this occasion, on the last visit, I took a group of friends with me who were all really invested in the story from all the things that I told them. And they all came and they helped me display these photographs. I could, do, I, don't, I could genuinely actually couldn't have done it without their help because it was so overwhelming for me. Um, that's, that's a really nice story, just returning something of what you've taken to the community mm. um, and comparing it to other photographers. Yeah, you're right. So a lot of people take with photography, don't they? Yeah, super Literally. thoughtful. Yeah, it is a thoughtful thing to do. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not thoughtful at all. I think it's. I think it's. It's the right thing. Do you think that's yeah, the bare yeah. minimum you should do as a photographer? I, is give back. Yeah. yeah, like not. Not on the maybe not on the scale that I did because it cost me an arm and a leg and I was balling back then. Mm. Like that was my peak money and I spent like seven grand making this photography project, which I've never seen come back to me in financial terms. But it didn't matter because, like, I had the resources and other people yeah. might not have the resources. The, the, there's a, a really amazing photographer from um, Newlyn called Becky Tyrell, Cornish photographer, young woman. She's done an insane, beautiful, poetic photography story about uh, United Downs Raceway. Now, now, if I went and did that as an out, as an outsider, not me actually. That I'm not I'm not using me in the right context. If another photographer did that. You could easily go into that environment and go, wow, this looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, it's just white trash shit. And you could exploit that, right, without being thoughtful in any way at all. But what, you know, this is an example of giving back. It doesn't have to be on the on the scale that I did. But she got so involved with that community. Like, they all know her. And actually, it, it went so well that a, a book publisher saw it, and now she's got a fucking book. Right. And, and it's amazing, but... Like I went to that book launch and there were actual drivers there, like you know, like the people involved in the story behind yeah. him. Yeah, and, and when you're genuine, anyway, anyway, that's so important to me. So that was one of the greatest nights of my fucking life. If I'm honest with you, I can't think of another single night that. Well, no, like the next night possibly was better <laughs> because because like. There's this beach um, on the Isle of Egg called Lag Beach. And Lag Beach is about four nautical miles from the Isle of Rum. And the Isle of Rum, apparently Tolkien went to the Isle of Egg and saw this view, and that's how he came up with Mordor. And it's very peaky and cloudy. Yeah. And shit, it's fucking <laughs> epic. Epic place, I and guess. And we, we were staying on that side of the island, and we were going to have a bonfire. And there was this one chap who was in one of my photographs. And for me, it was one of the most controversial photographs that I took. Not that my work's controversial at all, but for me, it was because the dad turned up and him and his wife were falling out. And this photograph is such a raw display of um, emotion and energy that was at odds with each other in this photograph. You know, she is this lawyer from Glasgow, newly qualified, middle-aged, really wanted to put that energy into that career. And he'd been coming to the Isle of Eggs since he was a little boy and wanted to bring his children up there because it's just fucking magical. And there was this, like, to and fro in between them, and it was really prevalent on that day. And in this photograph, that energy is so there. And actually, before I shared that with anyone, I asked them if they wanted to see it because I would, even though it was my favourite photograph, for them, I was willing to not, 
ever show it to anyone because I, I really loved them. Like, I fucking loved them. They were so kind to me. And I just wanted to honor that friendship. And they said, no. I said, no, Danny, we trust you. That was how we were. We're not there now. Maybe if we'd have still been there or if, if that had been a, a, a period of our lives we didn't come out of, that might have been harder to deal with. But the way that we trust you and... Do you know what? That's just fucking life. And um, I don't know where I'm going with that, to be no, honest with you. I, I get what you're it's saying. Right. I think oh, that's what I was going to. Yeah. The next night, so Johnny had been, at, Johnny was the man in the photograph, and he'd been quite a distance to me, and I'd been more close to Jackie. The next day, he turned up where we were staying at our B&B, and he knocked on the door. He's like, I heard you want a fucking bonfire. Like, yeah. And he's like, right, jump in. And he had like a big pickup, and he went up to the forestry where they've got like loads of wood and brought it down. And then over the course of the night, loads of people from the community came and joined me and my group of fucking outsiders. They were all outsiders. By then, so many people on the island had told me that I was one of them, which was a really beautiful wow. thing. But all my friends weren't. And they came and joined us and we sang and drank and we had fucking drag races on the beach. <laughs> it was like okay. something out of a Springsteen song that night. And, uh, you know, what? what's amazing about this, though, is that that work still has a life. You know, that was like 2017. And actually today, funny enough, today I got an email from the National Gallery of Scotland. So the National Gallery of Scotland in Edinburgh bought five of my photographs from that series this year to put on permanent display in the National Gallery. Wow. Yeah, and um, which is... It's fucking huge, right? It's yeah, right. it's yeah. massive. And I think at this point, I think it'd be good to urge the listeners to go and have a look at your work. Yeah, so that, that, that project is called As I Found Her, which was where the poetic vibes came in because like, in, in because I was so aware. I think maybe sometimes I'm too aware of like how I want to respect people rather than just going for what my visual eye says. But most of the photographs I took were literally as I found people. And the island's a feminine name. It means island in Celtic. It means island of the big women. So when I, when I came up with the idea for the project, as I found her, it was really about the island as a whole. Um, and that's, yeah. So that's the project name. You can find it on my website if you fancy. But um, What's the website? Uh, Dannynorth.co. Yeah. Dot .co. Just yeah. no UK. No, man. No fucking about. No, that's a premium no, URL. No, that is. <laughs> That's badass as Danny, well. Danny, something I've been wanting to ask you since I found out you were a photographer, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Okay. How big yeah. is my lens? <laughs> <laughs> What's your zoom like? <laughs> no, Magnificent. Um, your favorite photo? My, or that I've ever taken? Well, or, or in history? You can both. answer both of them if you like. Okay. Both. So I, I guess I have two favorite photographs that I've taken. One I've already talked about, well, I'll refresh your memory. Yeah, of course. One I was literally just talking about sort of um the one the uh the ones that have been acquired by the national gallery there's a photograph of a little girl on the elevator called maggie um so maggie fife was locally known as big maggie and then there was wee maggie who, who at the time was a six-year-old little lass and um we, Maggie, and her family were so kind to me whilst I was there. They fed me and took me in and really, really took me to heart. And I've got so much love and respect for them. And then I think it was the night that, um, what's that fucking Scottish fella called who won the tennis? 
Um, Murray. Andy Murray. Yeah, yeah, he won Wimbledon. I was with them in there. Oh, at that time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in their little cottage that night. He won. And then, like, afterwards, I was looking out the window, because it was, like, June uh, or maybe July. The sun didn't really set up there. It's really, really, like, really long nights. And the light was magical. And I just asked um, her mum, Sarah, if we could all go out to the garden and I could do some photographs. And Maggie was a real little performer and she was running around and she just sat in the middle of their polytunnel. There was a like moldy old armchair and she just sat in there and started eating broad beans. And I took this photograph of that. And that actually w was part of the shortlist and in the British National Gallery as well. That, that I got two photographs into the 2017 Taylor Wesson Portrait Prize, which is the most prestigious photographic portrait prize in the world. That's amazing. And two yeah. of those photographs ended up in the National Gallery in London. And one of them was that photo. One of them was that photograph. Right. And now that one of them is up permanently acquired by the National Gallery in Scotland. And also today they released a documentary about me and that work as well, which to me blows my fucking mind. Because like, I'm still in my head, I'm still that fucking sweaty little yeah. metal fan that worked in a factory. And... And that as of today, I'm sort of immortalized in fucking art history, which blows my fucking mind. Do you fully understand how your brain works? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like you, you stumble on this greatness. Um, and I'm not sure you're totally aware of what you're doing sometimes with regards to your photography. I feel like that's just part of you. I feel like it's ingrained in you. You probably had it from a very young I do, age. I don't even see photography as being the thing that's ingrained in me, to be honest with you. Like, my thing... Like, this sounds so cheesy and like everyone's gonna fucking hate me for saying this, but like I just love I like I, li I live my heart. I live sorry, I li live with my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, yeah. And that's just <coughs> I guess all the shit that I've been through in my life, like it could have sent me one way or the other, right? I could have been a bit of miserable cunt or I could have done the other thing. And I just did the other thing. Yeah, you've gone the other like, way. And I love meeting people just like when, you know, when you came to my studio when we did the radio show, like I found we were fucking mates in five minutes. Mm. And that's the joy, the joy of photography is that actually photography, the photographs became sort of, especially once I got away from the music and I started concentrating on um, photographing other aspects such as communities like I did. What I discovered for me per, was that photography, the photographs became like a a token of my experience and my experience was actually central to just fucking living and meeting people and so privileged that this fucking camera means I can go into someone's life and yeah. just get to know them and capture their experience well yeah I mean you just have this ability of capturing those moments though and I and I I've heard it from someone before. Photography is all about the moments, isn't it? It's about what's in front of the lens. Yeah, there's but a photographer called Cartier Bresson who right. um, defined the, the, the famous saying, the decisive moment. But you've got to put yourself in those moments. And I think that drive when you were going and you were leaving your daughter from Cornwall to go back to London again and you said you had to go to Scotland... Did it's from those, here. those I moments. drove from to the Isle of Egg from here. And I've done that multiple really? times. You can get on a fucking plane <laughs> and be in Tokyo <laughs> quicker than you can drive from Falmouth to yeah. fucking Egg. I bet. But you did it. I did. But it's, it's those times. moments that are behind the lens that influence what's in front of it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th I guess so. I mean, it's 
for for me, it's a sense. It's more to do with a sense of belonging, because when, you know when like in Dewsbury, I never really felt like I belonged. Like I said, I'm not exaggerating. Like fighting, just like literally multiple fucking fights and getting your head stoved in because I was in a band. And then like this, like some music was. Oh, I was always looking for community, you know. And then when when my old man died, and I felt like I had it right up until that fucking moment. And when my dad died, I I sort of lost a lot of myself. In, in all of that and I became sort of quite isolated for many years where I, where actually as my photography career grew what happened was I didn't really have any roots anymore because I was traveling so yeah. much and I was I was in a relationship that I don't really want to talk about actually but it was, wasn't great and um, I wasn't at home much and when I was it wasn't really particularly happy and uh man it i just felt for such a long time that i didn't have a community mm. and and actually this brings us back to falmouth man because like yeah i was forced into cornwall and i and and at the time i felt like i was being like herded into this fucking corner of the country that i didn't w- necessarily want to be in and is is that how you felt that at the beginning, I did, yeah, because because I've been here for like three fucking years and no one spoke to me. Right. Not because it was their fault, because I was the way the next. Because you weren't, yeah, you're not, not here. And, and yeah, actually, yeah, because yeah. I was in mostly in fucking one to eleven next to Flambards, you know, the soft player centre of yeah, fucking yeah, where's the roof. In fact, I know every soft player centre in the fucking co- in uh, this right. county because I was just, I was so bored. I'd just take it to everyone I could find. And the coffee in one place started tasting a bit shit. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go to the next one. But eventually, what what really you know actually full enough photography again. So I remember walking down this very street that we sat on, and there used to be a shop called Vintage Warehouse uh, 13. I think it was is right opposite Stones Bakery. And my mate from London was visiting, and it was her 30th birthday. And I went in there, and she saw something she liked, so I was like, I'll buy that. And what happened was, I went in, and I spoke to a guy who worked in there. He's called Ollie. And um, and I, I loved the cut of his jib. I just thought, fucking hell, I want to be your friend. <laughs> so I conjured up this story that, like, I was going to do a photography project on this old high street of all these amazing independent sellers and whatnot. And right in the corner here where there's Oaken used to be tall um, and she used to do um, flowers and shit and I, then I so basically I just went into everybody down here with my camera I told them this story that I was making this project which at the time was probably real the only reason why I'm being cynical about it is because I didn't ultimately like all the photographs so it never became a thing but I, I just got into the community by going right okay the only way you can do that is by putting yourself on the line so yeah. I went out there and I did it and I met everybody who fucking worked up and down here. It's that same thing again though, isn't it? That you got to the Kaiser Chiefs with. You put yourself out there and you, you went out and asked yeah. and you got it. And I think has that led you into the community of Falmouth and, and finding a place again after that oh, life jam. of moving around? Jam. Um I, I feel very emotional about this. Um because the truth is, like, this is the happiest I've been since my old man died. Because I have never felt more welcome by every aspect of this this town's, like, community. And, you know, community is such fucking, actually, a complex word because people, like myself, use it to encompass everything. But it's not. Because I know multiple communities within the community. Community, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But, I've been, but, but actually, what 
led me to that was opening Pizza Please. You know, during lockdown, I got very broke very quickly, but I got a bounce back load and I started a pizza joint. What that did was open my door to so many different people. And I've, I've, I don't, it's, a, it's a magical, magical place. It, like, and, I, and not just not just Falmouth, I mean Cornwall in general, because there's people in Penryn, sorry, uh, Penzance, who know me because of Pizza Please, because of that local business support network that happens. You know, the same in St. Ives. There's people in fucking St. Ives who know me and, and um, or Pizza Please, you know? Uh, you got two from North Cornwall now as well. Yeah, you have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm very happy about that. So what Good. does the future hold for you, Danny? Well, you know what? I left Pizza Please in the beginning of July because financially just couldn't support two equally paid bosses. We're, it's, it's a successful business, but it's not like Pizza Hut, you know? It's, it's on mm. a back street in Penryn. It's not got any passing trade or all that. And one of us had to take the hit, so I offered to my business partner, buy me out or I can buy you out. I was happy with either of those equations. Yeah. But because I have photography, it was easier for me to reestablish myself than he did because he's always been a chef. So that's what he wanted to do. So that's what's happened. Um, so from there, I was very lucky that after COVID, I took a back seat with my photography because the pizza business because I wanted to support my kid. That's yeah. why I fucking did it. Not because I wanted to you needed something. work in hospitality. For yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and because of that, I put photography on a back burner. But then this year, it sort of like blossomed again. And... Do you know what? I've had to swallow my pride and shoot a couple of fucking weddings. Which I, hate. I love weddings and I hate working at them. But I've had to swallow my pride and fucking do it. Um, just for a bit of cash. There's no, no, no shame yeah. in that. If I ever get married... Uh, oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Do you know what, though? For me, it is a big deal because I... Because it's a so okay, you might have gathered by now that I put my heart and soul into everything that I oh, do. Oh, absolutely! Right, that includes shooting weddings, and I don't yeah. want to do that because I don't like the pressure. Because it's someone, it's like the for now, it's the best day in their life. Like, yeah. let's face it, they're going to get divorced. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be if it's my wedding, hey, yeah. <laughs> no but, doubt. But you know, um, there's something about weddings that just. I find the pressure because because I do care so much. I find the pressure too much, and I don't yeah. enjoy. It's, it's the most stressful job I'll ever do. But I did two this year for the cash. Yeah, right. Got be done. So you're not a wedding photographer now? No, fucking not. But if you've got five grand, I am. Do you know what though? <laughs> to round this up, I think we should do a photo shoot. All right. Well, you're taking pictures. Just me. <laughs> you want me to take a picture of you? Yeah. <laughs> Not even pang. Although, you actually, I need a photo of you for the for this. Oh, actually, yeah. I do. I didn't realise. It's usually the last thing we do. Don't get on. me to take it because I was going to take it. Good, because you're way better. You at can't it even be in it. Or do you want me to send you? Do you want to send me one or what? Just of me? Yeah, because I ne I need a thumbnail of you. Um. And I, I feel bad taking a photo of a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I take it as the absolute amateur, and it will just be like half your. It'll face. be a selfie of you. Yeah, probably. it would be probably. Um, That's exactly the type of thing I'd do. When you do this with other guests, are you in the photograph? No, no. No, the only time you've okay, been in a photograph a is with can, can, we do, can we do one? I'll do one right now. Okay. If I can, like, cover your face up in the photograph. You, but you've got to be in it with me, obviously. Well, I'll be in it with you, okay? Yeah. Oh, but okay. I've got... What should I put over my face? No, my, my hand, hat or my something? Hand, no, no. 
Oh, that didn't come off. Uh, oh, this, this, this. Yeah, the oh, nice, helmet. nice helmet. That's got to work. It we have gone work. full circle. Wait, hold on. Does that mean I've got to take the picture, though? Yeah, you it does. You in the picture. Okay. We've okay, got yeah. a nice helmet. Right. It's I'll made it. of brass, I think. Or oh, maybe steel. It's badass. It looks heavy. It looks like brass because it's rusted, but I think it's steel. Do right. I use... Right, I'm going to need some tips here. Do I use portrait <laughs> mode? Um, if you've got distance. Oh, if I've got distance. No. It'll tell you if you are. I'm going to get cosy with you. Well, make it? sure I've got the yellow light anytime, on. Anytime, Jam, anytime. Natural light, do you reckon? Or should I use... Yeah, yeah, natural yeah, light. Natural what light. the fuck? This is brutal. Mate, this that thing. is a badass fucking helmet. Fucking, uh, this is heavy. I don't know if I can sustain heavy, this. Heavy you can sustain it. You've got broad shoulders, haven't yeah. you? Come on. Now you look... <laughs> I can't see anything. <laughs> this is fucking <laughs> sick. <laughs> I'd this love to hear what oh, this can I? Like. Can you swing around just that way? I want to get the Joker in there. As, not the Joker, the Jester. It's going to be a thumbnail, though, isn't it? Yeah, but oh, that's mean? a good point. I probably need to Do we need these microphones? Right, Why not? I can't hear anything. Are you going to smile, Jam? Yeah, I'm smiling. Hang on, let me turn that so I'm a bit more off the roll that I'll get several. Ready? Hold on. Let me get that. I'm going to get multiples. Because that's, really well, that's what photographers do, right? Is, they get yeah. multiple pictures. That looks good. <laughs> oh, I'll go sideways as well. Pa just Pang's taking know. photographs right now, and I think he might take me out of a job. No, not a chance, mate. Okay, can can I get approval? I have to have approvals. Yeah, because, yeah, of course. you got to have a look. I don't know. What do you reckon? Uh, oh, sorry. You know, that's not a good one. In. I got... M that that's We're just not a good one. We're still all episodes. Okay. No, that's we're, bad. Do you want to go bad. again? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to have to. Cause I'm going to take all a selfie. Right. Bang, I'm yeah, let yeah, the photographer take the photo. Yeah, yeah, please. We, we literally, like, we're, we're, we've been in here. I've got it all at the wrong here. time. I pressed the button at exactly the time Danny, you Danny, where's move. your camera, for Christ's sake? Yeah, mate. Right, okay. I'm for, for, for the listeners that are <laughs> doing a Basically, song, I've been fired from <laughs> photography. shit. I'm not doing, I'm not doing producing anymore. You're a lovely man, Bang. You are a lovely man. Yeah, I'm only good at speaking. <laughs> Barely. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Truth. <laughs> Speaks truth. <laughs> okay, um, here we go, Joe. Can you see the camera? Yeah, I can. This looks like he can't see letter. shit out of that. Hello. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I look like I've got. The a funny thing is, you can oh. actually hear the uh, okay, the on, tin hat through the, through the speakers. I'm posing now. <laughs> I'm up and the, oh, everything. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck, mate. <laughs> fuck, I'm dying. Laughing. Final shot, final shot. Oh, fucking oh, hell. Camera. I know I'm a shit photographer. Don't need to break my phone. We're on panoramic mode now. <laughs> oh, hell. Right, here we go. Here I don't even go. know how to use that. I didn't even know that was an option. Last, last you saw it, one? Did you want to re <coughs> recheck, or you know they're guaranteed the to be good? Fucking hell. I'll send them all to Germany. Oh, that helmet's no, heavy. No, 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 just the last one. Just the last one. Just the last one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's bang on, actually. Right, I'll I try and put it. this back. I'll um, send it now for safety. Danny, thanks for coming on, mate. Mate, this has been <laughs> excellent, mate. Me. And, I'll put the helmet back. And you know what I find is, this how you, is how you end all your sessions? <laughs> Took my helmet back in. Hopefully. <laughs> Did you polish it? <laughs> Polishing my helmet. Hopefully that doesn't fall off at any point because it's fucking heavy. That is so fucking class. Well, well I'm just saying that. <laughs> We've got to do this again, though. I feel like I do. I still I don't, don't really even know why you ended up here. Too. But we've got to do well this again. Long.
We've it's, got to do it. It's not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it fucking nearly is. <laughs> Wait, did you play that on purpose? Play what? Oh, is it playing? It's the, playing the, the intro fucking music. outro music. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> it's not on the recording. No one can hear it but you. Oh, that's right then. Okay. I did wonder for a moment. Well, as I've been jam anyway. I've been paying the bad photographer and bad producer. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I've been Danny. And you've been Danny. Thank you, Danny North. Legend. I really mate. appreciate it. It's been so much fun. Uh, thank you for having me on. Now, mate, you have. Um, Enlightened me to another level, I reckon. Yeah. So thank you You've so been much for mate. being on. <laughs> Let's have a drink. Cheers, yeah, everybody. Absolutely. Cheers, Cheers and gone, everyone. Cheers. All the best.